Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, and Supreme Warlord over at OneFootDown.com on the SP Nation Network. And joining me, as always, Jude Seymour, Senior Editor and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Guy, what a freaking weekend, man. I I was just bitching about it before we started recording. I, I don't want to do that again. I don't... It's It had been like 15 plus years since the uh, NFL draft and spring game have been the same weekend and I don't I, I wasn't doing that this then uh, so this sucked uh, for me yeah it was a little edgy, bit of a, edgy. it was a little bit of triage you know a little bit of a you know keep one eye on the, the Twitter stream and one eye on the uh, on the whatever you had up whether it's the draft or the maybe did a second screen thing dealing but uh i, I opted and it was for the, the same time of the derby too i mean it was just yeah. like i opted for like, the i opted for the draft and watched the spring game on the uh the repeat on uh fighting irish tv so so uh you didn't uh you didn't you didn't experience peacock um i guess indirectly experienced peacock i mean i experienced paul burmeister calling everyone a freshman i experienced cory robinson he, saying everybody was special um i he really said a lot of nice sideline I, I i experienced the sideline reporter hyping up drew pine just as he was throwing a uh interception uh, i mean i experienced it all i think oh Corey, Jax, Corey Jax, robinson Jax, is is what ruins it for everybody else moving forward like he like his his actions on saturday are why nbc is afraid to put a notre dame alum in the box well so what I would say even for is, a spring game, what I would say is that Corey Robinson is friends with people who are still on the team, and certainly friends with people who are on the staff. You know, um, it that's a hard position to be, and I think he leaned into the Homer aspect of it because it didn't matter. He, well, he it's knew a that, spring game. He I mean, it was the spring game. He was on Peacock. Like it's this is all about Notre Dame. So you know, and and he's also getting his feet wet as a as a. Um, as a guy, right? Analyst. An analyst. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My so, question is, how can't he be a homer when, what's he supposed to do? Talk about the other team? Well, the other team's Notre Dame. So, I mean, what, what, how, how is he supposed to in that particular no, I, aspect? I think maybe what Josh is alluding to is like, you can, you can make observations about people without saying everyone is special, right? I love this guy. Was, I, yeah. There was, there was a lot of, I love this guy. A lot of this guy is that, special or. And look, I'm know. not saying that I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not even saying that he shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying it no. was noticeable. It was all. noticeable. It was noticeable. That, that's that's uh, what I'm saying. That's having what. said that, I, I did love um, when he was kind of teaching me about, um, you know, route running, about um, coverages and stuff like that. I, I felt like he had a lot to to give in the in those respects but sometimes it was just regurgitating kind of what Paul Barmeister just said you know or adding a kind of a lame joke and it's just you know when he said some, hey, at some point he said that is just insane he was saying it as a positive thing but he has to understand that that is just insane could also be interpreted as why are they making that play call like that is insane like don't do that right and so He's just got to be. He's he's just learning on the job, which is which is absolutely absolutely fine. But the Paul yeah, Burmeister calling every 
everybody a freshman thing was bothering me way the hell more. Like every single person, like he never heard of a sophomore in his entire life. Like everyone is just a freshman. Maybe, maybe he meant red shirt. Um, well, okay. Because so use, the word, use the word red shirt because everybody got a do over year. So like, then you could just say red shirt in front of everybody. You know what I mean? But like he was, I think he was properly calling out guys like Kurt Heinisch for what year they were in. But then um, Caleb offered, like everybody was a freshman. Oh, that look at yeah, that freshman. The young freshman. And I was just like, dude, we saw these guys play last year. Clarence Lewis played last year. He can't be a freshman. I mean, he is, well, like, I in still terms think, of eligibility. But. I still think it's better than, like, when writers say rising. I, I hate I hate, I hate when the, every other player's every other player's name had, like, would have uh, – they don't really do it as much anymore. They would say rising this or, you know. Just, well, I mean, need, I, you yes, they're term. at the second semester of this of this yeah. school year. Let's just call them what they're going to be in the fall, because that just makes more sense. There's no, I mean, there's no sense I'm, to. I'm okay with the rising thing, but what I, I well, that one, it's like every, it's just, it's not a, it's not good, it's not good. Because, <laughs> because I mean, technically, yes, Ramon Henderson is still a freshman, but but he's. Right, because right. he caught that. That was one so, that I. So that I yeah, so we were we were. The debate is about what what you call guys as to their eligibility, and and their name is always famously screwed this up, right? Which is that oh, they right. like to go by academic eligi- academic year, not actual eligibility. The, right? Well, they've so, they've loosened that up. They, now they yeah. they have. I think I think finally somebody in the football office was like, look, let's quit with the bullshit and just because everyone's confused, right? And let's just clear, and now. So like on ESPN and ABC broadcasts, they're finally like in line. They used to fuck it up a lot on those broadcasts. I think now they're finally in line. NBC still, that broadcast still kind of falls back into the Notre Dame, the old Notre Dame thing. So, and that's probably by design, which it, I don't know why it would be any kind of big deal in their name. Just do it the same as everybody else. You know, they actually, people still think that there are still people out there that think that Notre Dame doesn't redshirt freshmen. It's just the dumbest thing. <laughs> I mean, but that was a thing. People were like, that, well, was a, that was definitely a thing. Like that was, they don't redshirt freshmen. Like, cause the, I'm, I'm popping open the old issues of, of blue and gold. And, and that is literally, they would write about that every off season about the redshirting of the freshmen. So yeah, but that, you know, they you know Notre Dame would say that they don't redshirt freshmen. Like, right. Yes, you do. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Right. Um, well, they have to, Josh. They have to get accepted into grad school, so they're not redshirt. They don't get there for free. Come on, man. <laughs> no free rides in South Bend on the shoreline, buddy. Uh, so yeah. Josh, so it was. You busy- watched the game on Peacock, though, right? Did you have any problems with your getting Peacock? Your Peacock. I I was able to. Um, from a I did the sidecar thing with the fire stick. What they call it? Sides? What are they? Sides? Side loading? What did they call that thing? Side? I, I just called it sidecar, but that's not right. Oh, uh, that's a cocktail. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, since I it, it was and it was such a smart move on my part. Since I decided not to go up to South Bend for this game, I watched it on my phone while I was putting together a shitload of patio furniture uh, <laughs> that I had purchased like a couple weeks ago that had been sitting in the boxes that like, I need to get this stuff put together. 
So I kind of like I had a laptop out there. I was watching it on my phone. Just kind of like my wife and daughter were out shopping, spending every cent I have. So I had a lot of distractions, at least to that effect. Uh, so no, it was fine. I had so I watched I used the Peacock app on my phone and it was fine. I'm, I I have no major complaints other than. Uh, if that if this was going to be a regular season game, I would have had to jump through hoops to put it on a television. If I was a fan, I'd be pissed. Um, you know, if, if I you're, I couldn't. I found that I couldn't pause the game, which at one point was very frustrating. Oh yeah, that would suck. Uh, I just, yeah, if especially with so many people out there with with fire sticks, in particular, I. I I just think that that's they're gonna have to figure that out real quick. But I don't think there's any threat of at least this season of any game being on Peacock or that shit. Now I think could that be moving forward? Could they do that? They might, but I I still seriously doubt it. Like, like I the only reason I doubt it too. But Jack Swerbrick sounded there was like a game, a game on, on here. Really excited. Right, but that was that was only because of COVID and the weird shit that happened with the scheduling in the fall. That's the only reason why Notre Dame had a game on USA. And then they, they put a game on – they've had games on NBC Sports Channel Network, but that was already established and a lot of people's cable, cable packages, and they were against like a Mac opponent. And, and it, that, that's still kind of bullshit to do, but it was understandable. But they'll never put another game on USA again, and I doubt – I, I highly doubt they would ever, until Peacock gets becomes a more established streaming service, I don't think that'll happen again. So I just want to I want to disagree with you slightly. I think they will put another game on USA Network because I they put too. they put the um, BC Shamrock Series 2015. They put Miami of Ohio 2017, and I feel like there's one other game that was on NBCSN. And if that doesn't exist anymore then I think that there's always going to be that, not maybe Toledo, but the, the sort of that Mac game that you want to put on uh, somewhere else. And so... Well a, lo- well, a lot of that was, again, the one last year was only because of scheduling. Right. As far as, uh, you know, what was going on in the sports world, yada, yada, yada. And I think, and they were, under, they wanted to, they were trying to beef up their, their lineup on NBC Sports Network. I just I don't see that happening moving forward. I mean, maybe I short short term, long term. I I see in 2022, 2022, you have Marshall and UNLV on the schedule. One of those two games is is going either on Peacock or USA. Yeah, I don't think so, because it's going to be early in the season. They're going to want it on. They're still going to want it on. I would bet against that. But here's the one one thing that UNLV is on October 22nd. I mean, that's that's middle of the season. And that's prime football season. I just don't understand why you want to give your inventory away uh, to a non. Anyways, the, but there is one thing that made me like cringe. So and it would be in agreement with you guys a little bit is listening to to Jack Swarbrick. Jack Swarbrick stand there with his fucking pinstripe uh, hat, oh. talking about how wonderful Peacock is and how they're thrilled about it. So uh, yeah, I mean that you definitely have some. Somebody at Notre Dame who's probably willing to bend over for uh, whatever NBC wants. He's not going to be there forever, though. So he is not, but I can't imagine it's not. It's going to be the guy after him. It's going to be the guy after the guy 
that I'm the guy will probably the guy. change. No, it's gonna be the guy after the next guy that will change. Will probably change things. The next guy's still gonna have that. I yeah, you just feel it in your bones. It's still gonna have that kind of swore Brickian tie uh, to to doing the things a certain way. It's it's gonna take a break. It's gonna take a minute. It's generational. I don't fucking know. And that's assuming that the next guy gets to make the media rights. And and so let me me just say this, too. In a lot of ways, I don't fucking care. As long as it can come up on a tube. I mean, nowadays, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it matters. No one gives a shit. I I mean, I'm still shocked Amazon and and Netflix have not gone like, all right, we're going to go balls deep into sports and going to pick up like some massive... put in some major contracts for it so i don't know i got yeah so i guess i don't really care i'm like whatever i it did it's not like you're uh you're getting like the talent you're not getting the guys from suits calling the game on usa <laughs> you know the, i mean the guys from psychart sit there in the booth it's the same yeah, if, you got, if you got sean spencer and burton guster up there in the booth i'd pay i'd pay i'd actually uh, i'd pay for that so, I mean, I just, in this day and age, I just don't think it matters anymore. But people will bitch about it for sure. But yet, there's still access to just about everybody. I, the, the, right now, the thing with the Peacock and the Fire Stick stuff, that's a problem. But they'll figure that out sooner. I mean, they're, they're going to have to. They'll figure that out sooner or later. And then after that, whatever. I mean, I, I still plan on doing this, so I still plan on being up there for most of the home games and therefore I don't care what happens to you people. <laughs> so I mean, again, if it's on a screen somewhere, it'll be, it's not like you're hunting down Notre Dame air force on the mountain West sports network. Armed services network. Or what was it? CB was it, was it the it, armed services network? Well, it was, it was CBS sports network, but it was the, but the mountain West actually had their own network tied into the cbs thing just kind of kind of a silly, kind of like the sec network tied into espn in a way and that's what it was so you had to have you had to have that specific thing on your package to watch jalen smith getting robbed of a touchdown pretty sure that was the last time that happened right dude was that 2013 Yeah, there was a weird Air Force game too. Um, I think was it 2007. Yeah, it was. Well, there was also 2006. 2006. 2006. I think was on the Armed Services Network. The last two, the last two times we went, we went to Air. Yeah, the last two times we went to Air Force has been weirdness. The time before that, College Game Day was there. (laughs) (laughs) Was that like 2006? Was was CSTV, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, there, that was the thing. I think that was the one. I think CSTV was the one that was tied in with the. Maybe they were just calling it the Mountain. West, excuse me, the Mountain West Network, whatever it was. I don't know. It was a pain in the ass for people to find and get. But that was. I mean, they used to show Notre Dame games on Sports Channel. I mean, <laughs> talk about hard, hard to get, you know. So. Right, right. If you had a, a an old school satellite dish, you guys remember those the big ass satellite dishes. 
Yeah. Like kids nowadays have no idea. Like they see one of these things, they're like, the two, "What the hell are they doing?" The 2013 Air Force game was on CBS Sports Network, which also aired the 2014 Navy game. So that gives the context. Right. Right. That was so, Andrew Catalan and Aaron Taylor. I'm not a big uh, Aaron Taylor in the booth fan. Just saying. Like in the booth. Just sounds like you um sounds like there's a lot of hate for X and the players is, in the booth. There right? is no yeah. there is no hate. There weird is no hate. hate. Weird hate. There is there is no hate. That's weird. Some friendly fire, oh, man. Don't fucking don't put that on. Somebody, somebody's getting fragged, man. Yeah, oh don't give me don't have I the just, emails. Yeah. It's perfectly I was perfectly fine with Steve Berline. How did you feel about Mike Golick Sr. <laughs> in the twenty twenty Georgia Tech game? I'll be adding uh, ND Mom with your response, just you know. Oh, I was absolutely thrilled. <laughs> there you go. Well done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Golick family, so they can do them all, for, as far as I'm concerned. Bring, have fucking Junior being in the booth. I mean, at least <laughs> with Junior, with Junior, I almost think that it's about we're about a half a step away from it being a WWE match. <laughs> I mean, just, just the way he announces it, it's almost like Jesse the Body. He's got that. I mean, Pat McAfee is great WWE energy. If you're talking true. about guys, yeah, he's true. Well, Andy is in the WWE, so I mean, <laughs> you guys know my you guys know my dream booth, anyways. Right. With McAfee and Gus, that's my dream booth. So, <sighs> I'm not sure where Gus went to school, but you know, McAfee is what West Virginia, and I'm like, sign me up, sign me up right now for that. I would pay a a I would pay a, like a streaming service fee. To have them do it. Wait a second. We know where Gus went because this was a big deal that he went to. What was it? Bradley, right? Because they were going to he was going to call the was game it? that that got killed by covid um, that they were going to do for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The basketball team. Do you remember this? Am no, I totally he making was, this up? That was that was Howard. Howard. Sorry. Howard Bradley. You know, whatever. So he so he went to Howard. He went to Howard. Yes. Yeah, okay. he went to Howard and uh, and uh, UD Jesuit. High school. So okay. He's, uh, well, I didn't know he's straight. I didn't know that. Um, just a small town boy. I w- yeah. He's can you imagine voice, if Pat McAfee was um, in the booth for a uh, Eastern Michigan bowl game two years ago? Oh my God. What? The Bahamas Bowl? Can you imagine? I said, can yes, you imagine can you if imagine? they were in the bowl? Yeah. Yeah. For the oh, end of that oh. football. game. Oh, you're talking. About, you're talking about the Blasters uh, throat. Okay, you're talking about that. I thought that. you were saying that that they were the announcers for their Bahamas Bowl uh, three or four years ago. Okay. Uh, no, listen to McAfee and. and uh, <laughs> oh, that'd have been good. That'd have been way better than the fucking guys apologizing for violence on their television while showing a football game. We're so sorry to see this. Yeah, because guys are getting their heads knocked around out there as it is. <laughs> Uh, it's that's like it's like ESPN forcing Lee Corso to go go back on air in the in the commercial to apologize oh, for saying great. fuck it. He said to do that a couple times. I think only once. Well, what was the, what was the other one then? There was a, there was another incident where he it was a hurt. Oh, fuck it, throws the mask. Okay, yeah, that was that was Corso, and he came back on it. But there was another thing they had to come back on. Oh, it was Howard. 
when Howard said something about choke a bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Howard yeah, was I doing do Dave, Ch- oh. Dave Chappelle. Um, uh, uh, Wayne Brady does Wayne Brady have to choke a bitch thing. He did that on there. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. That was Desmond Howard. Maybe he's auditioning for a Corso spot. And then nobody will watch. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's get into what we saw this weekend. And oh my God, it was a lot. Um, oh shit. No, but before we do, reviews, we haven't been getting any reviews lately. So I'm getting a little worried that people aren't understanding how important this is to us. It's fucking important. So get your butts over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. All your reviews that you leave will be read on the next uh, OFD podcast. <clears throat> but because someone refuses to use Apple, he put a review over on uh, on the site in the comment section of a podcast. And he's also the one that, uh, that lets you guys know how to watch that, um, uh, how to get that peacock on your Fire TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that APK. Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and read uh, read this review real quick. This is from uh, C C Morgara 08. I'm not sure if you guys will see this, but just wanted to say I love the podcast. Definite woo five star earned. I don't have Apple. I've always been an Android guy, and Spotify doesn't have anywhere to leave a review that I could find. So I dropped my review in the comments on your webpage here. Thanks again for the conversations. Your long podcast helped me get through the day. P.S. I dropped the link to the Tech Hive website, and he's he gave the solution. He he made Brendan Brendan's day. Absolutely made his day. I use that too. Yeah. So thank you so much for that review. But yeah, it it really helps us if you guys get just bite the bullet. Uh, for Steve Jobs, R.I.P. Get <laughs> go over to Apple Podcasts and leave those ratings and reviews. I wish they would share more information with us. I wish when you left a review, it didn't take four days for us to see it either, which would be nice. Uh, but. Either anyway, any route, y'all do that. Be a part of the show. We'd appreciate it. All right. Let's talk spring game. So we were talking before, before we recording real quick and Jude, Jude mentioned it and both Brennan and I said, you know, that we thoroughly enjoyed the spring game and Jude basically just said, huh? Okay. We'll talk about this later. So, I did actually enjoy it quite a bit, even for what it was, which was a 17-3 game or whatever it was. It just, it was entertaining. I There was parts of this game that I wanted to see that I saw. Um, and that was good enough for me. I, we we uh, Someone mentioned this, maybe it was the Irish Illustrated guys. Like, I think, you know, we see like the Texas spring games or whatever. That's like 63, 54, whatever the hell it is. These just start the, the Notre Dame type games that we get the spring games. So, but this is, this was about a, a normal run, but I still felt it was pretty entertaining for who they're rotating in. It was a real game. There wasn't the dumb scoring system. So you could actually like kind of pretend that there was something going on there. Um, uh, I love Tyler James talking about uh, someone becoming a turncoat. Cause they put a mesh <laughs> mesh over and joined the other side. Uh, so no, I enjoyed it. Look, we got to see Tyler Buckner in action. 
I think he looked really well, looked really good. Um, not ready to crown him starter or anything like that, but uh, the things that I saw was encouraging. And I'm just smart enough to know that it was just the fucking spring game and they split the teams yeah. up. And yeah. I, I, I wanted to write more about the game, but I really didn't know what, I really didn't know what to, to put out there into the universe that was going to make sense to everybody else about how I felt about it. Other than like, there were some things that I liked and some things that I didn't like, but I'm not looking like too fucking hard into it either way. But the things that I liked was encouraged me where the things that I didn't like, eh, I'm willing to like wait until fall, you know, to, to see how that Spring works game. out. Not, yeah. I'm not willing to like to throw the fucking chips in and say, we're an eight and four football team. I don't care. The way I, I, I don't, go ahead. The way I look at it is it's, it's like a, a an ultralight beer or maybe like a session IPA where there was no stress. Like you're not getting drunk off this football game. The The whole point of it is it is May 1st and you're getting to watch football and it's not like the best football, but it's still better than any football. And there's no stress. I don't, you don't have to stress watching the spring game. Um, like you do every game, whether or not Notre Dame's down, then you're stressing about them not winning or they're not scoring enough points. Um, it, it's just a, it was very non-stressful. I, I, like you said, I saw things that I, I needed to see, um, some things, um, and you know, we'll get a little bit more in depth, but as far as the score goes, and you mentioned Texas, um, that's a clown show. When when teams like like that, I I would have more red flags if it's like Texas and they're putting up you know 50 burgers. Do you know what Alabama's spring game score was this year? I think Alabama's kind of good, right? Do you know Do you know what their spring game score was? It was 13 to 10. It was 13 Brennan, how to can, 10. How can they be good? They lost so much in the draft. Like they've never lost anybody. <laughs> in the draft. Yeah. How can they be it, good? How can you sit here in the spring and say Alabama's going to be good? How can they possibly be uh, <laughs> good if if they've lost things? Yeah, I I think I'm okay with not having sort of a um, a clown show NBA All Star game score for my spring game. Um, and frankly, whatever Texas is doing, I want to do the opposite of that. Because they've been a trash can program, and they they hired Sark. Great, congratulations, enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd rather have low scoring games and just um, the coaches use it as a as a practice and uh, do it Coach, do what they need to do. Just Jude, you, I, I think maybe you're on the opposite, not on the opposite end of Brendan and I, but I think you have a, a just a differing opinion about it. So. And maybe sure. I'm wrong, but so so but tell me. I mean, so how, how sure. did you feel about it? So the the first thing I want to I want to say is, um, does anybody remember the final score of the the last spring game that we had? Because obviously 2020 Absolutely. didn't have a spring game. Absolutely not. You want to take a gander? That had weird scores. Uh, weird scoring too, right? That was like defense. It was defense versus offense in that one. I don't know. I was there. I did the recap. I don't have a freaking clue. 58-45. Oh, my God, it was. <laughs> so, 
So it was 2019 a clown show or I'm just I'm just wondering um, for a friend. It was a clown show because the way that they were doing the scoring the score, in that game yeah. was redonkulous. Yeah, that's that's what I remember the most. It, it wasn't like there were there were touchdowns or anything. Um, it was defense versus offense, right? It was first it was first downs were getting you points. Explosive plays of 20 yards was or, getting you points. Or was it like a, or was it? Do you remember if it was because they've done Kelly's done it before? Or it's been defense versus offense. Was it defense versus offense? And like the defense yeah, got it, points for stops? It was, it was mostly, I think. But I don't know. But Jude, Jude continue. Uh, just um, so a couple of things just sort of st- stuck out to me. One was Brian Kelly totally telegraphing. Maybe this, maybe he bi- maybe made me biased the way that I looked at this game. He said, you know, we got a very good opponent in Florida State for the first game of the season, so you're not going to see anything really that we're going to use. And I'm like, okay, you know, and and then it was like watching guys try to complete 20 yard passes with limited success. So I was kind of I really didn't feel like, you know, first of all, the quarterback, with the exception of Tyler Buckner, weren't getting hit. Um, so you had the like anytime the pocket kind of collapsed, you you didn't get to see anybody be mobile, which sucks. And I thought they called the sacks pretty fucking early. Like there's a there was a I think a couple on cone where it's like I'm not sure if that's a sack right now, Chief. Like you don't need to put put that you know put that whistle in your pocket just a little bit, let it play out because that wasn't a sack. Like <laughs> there, it wasn't the best of reps. There was one play where Braden Lindsay got mugged. Um, and they didn't throw a flag, and I was like, "Huh, all right." I mean, we didn't even get to—we didn't even get to see this—the possible starting offensive line play together. So it's right. just like, right. what? Do, like, I—I I don't know. I—I I, I just so, didn't feel like I learned a lot. I, I just so felt like. Well, let's. I—I th- I think maybe. I think the best way to go about this is, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name, and I want you guys to tell me what you think. Okay. Okay. And this is based off of just the the not not just the blue goal game, but spring overall. I mean, you can kind of so Larry Keys. He was definitely involved. <laughs> I think he's going to be. Um, I think he's going to be a focal point of the offense. So word focal. Yeah, I think of know, all the guy. I think he's going to be a focal point of this offense. Look, he got 14 targets on Saturday. 14. Yeah. He caught five of them. Uh, in fact, uh, Keys, Lindsey, and uh, and Davis all had five five receptions. Uh, Lindsey and Davis had uh, 88 and 84 yards. Keys had 115. So it was a pretty pretty even key right there. But I mean, like Davis and Keys are playing the same position basically, right? Yeah. The slot. I wonder how much of of uh, keys because I mean keys makes a lot of money um, catching passes uh, you know across the middle or getting balls in stride I, I wonder how much of that too could also because Michael Mayer didn't play um, right how much of those also then could oh, be speaking of which that was a major fail by the NBC announcing team right to wait so not, fucking long to say that to like not say anything yeah plus yeah. Corey Robinson said oh, um, when Kane Barong made the First catch with a, by a tight end, I think, in the game, he was like, oh, I thought Michael Mayer would get the first catch. And I was like, hey, dude, uh, notice he's not out there? 
That was yeah, it would have been good if they would have slipped him a note. All right, next name. Um, Chris Tyree. Fifty-fifty. No. I I just don't know. Like, I don't even know if we he was people were trying to hit him at full speed. I don't know if he was if the offensive line is anything like he's going to run behind. I just, oh god. I mean, what can you say about a a ten for forty-three day with the longest sixteen? I, I don't know. All right. Fine. Okay. All right. Here's another name. Mitchell Evans. He had one really nice catch. I mean, he had three He had three balls for 59 yards. Yeah. He caught I one mean, over the middle from Pine, if I recall correctly. Right. Yeah, I think it was a 32-yarder. Yeah. I I think, was that the one? Was that the one? I swear to, I swear to God, I thought he was going to try to hurdle. I, I, <laughs> I swear I thought I saw those legs lining up to do the jump, and then uh, he thought better of it because he probably would have got annihilated. Uh, but I mean, like, how about Litchfield or Javon? <laughs> Why is he targeting in the spring game? <laughs> Why is he targeting? Yeah, yeah, he definitely, uh, it was, uh, Wilkins, did you, right? Did, did you like, uh, Jordan Patello's little shove of, uh, Drew Pine? Oh, you, of course you do. Of course you do. That's, uh, listen, Jordan he is going to be. The, Jordan Patello is a menace. He he's is a super menace. And he must be stopped. Listen. In the best possible okay. way. If there there's not if there isn't much to take away from spring, especially the spring game, I think you could take away some bits and pieces. Obviously, I think, but I think a big bit and piece is Jordan Patello, and that's we haven't had like a really big asshole on this team to other teams. I think in a long time, it feels like it's been a Who's long the time. Last asshole. Who's the last bully asshole? Yeah, I mean, I think not just you can make a debate that that Golden Tate was a you can make a debate that Golden Tate was a huge asshole to people, but he's not a bully. Zibby? I don't. Um, I mean, just because he was a box, I nah, I just. I, I mean, Patello just seems like a just like a bad on the field. Who's like, I mean, Patello seems great. like the kind of guy that, you know. Teams could grow to hate watching him. Just, just imagine, had, if just imagine if Patello was at was went to USC instead. How much would you hate him? Oh, him the most. Well, I already, which is, I want him. I already hate his stupid haircut, so I, I mean, <laughs> I'm halfway home. <laughs> well, of course I'm gonna love it, but yeah, I mean, if the one of the, I mean, I guess one of the knocks against Notre Dame over the years, and I've been one of the people that have knocked him is the lack of like desire slash attitude on the team, like the die for it all on the field. Like guys are like, yeah. they're ready to go to Shearson and make money on the stock market. Uh, and I mean, there's, there's some, there's, I think people make more, more of it than there is, but I think there's always been something to it. Uh, and Patello goes against all that. Like, it's like, it's like life or death for him on the field, at least the way that he plays. And I appreciate that. And if that makes him an, a super villain, that's fantastic. Like I'll, I'm gonna, you're the gonna get, is, you're gonna get a late hit or two. You just are. So just, I mean, just, so just, yeah. Don't, don't, so don't start talking about his character or that he's not, or he's not thinking out in the field. Just know right now 
that he is going to get at least two late hit penalties, at least this season. That's going to go, ah, but he's also going to be out there causing all sorts of, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to line up for a, that's going to be a big name this year. Patello. I think it's I, a huge name. It's, it's a combination of the fact that he's a Hawaii kid, which we want an entire roster full of, and yep. he's a red ass. And it is just a recipe for success. Um, and I can, I mean, yeah. And we, there was a practice video too, where he, he did the same thing. the drew pine where, uh, he had a live quarterback and <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. I think he, I mean, I think if people didn't know by now, he won. I think he won a lot of people over just in that one small moment. Cause it, it, oh, it, it I is think blocking that, the punt against South Florida, probably won people, a lot of people over, right? I mean, or nearly blocking wide, the a, punt and, and laying out the big, punter. It's a big fan base, and that's a long time ago. Yeah, that was. A I'm fun just time. saying. I'm just saying that like, the, more needs to come from him. We're starting to see that. You're starting to see his personality come through on the field, which is a big plus in his case. Um, let's see what, what else do I want to talk about here. Let's. You guys want to talk about Ronnie Pollis completing the pass? Hell yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, Jordan I feel like you're I feel like you're kind of dancing around something. Um I, I feel like I feel like you're kind of maybe maybe dancing around the the big message board chatter. Um I mean, do you want, you want to pull I'm, the band-aid off and I just are you, don't ready? Know are you I, ready to do it? I don't know if I'm ready to have a serious conversation about what I think that you're thinking. But I'll have the I'll, uh, you know I'll talk about it. Well, I'll talk about it, but I mean, you, I'll, I'll, with the caveat of all opinions right now, you could probably throw in the trash, but I'll sure as shit talk about yes. it. And so I'll say it. Jack Cohen is your starting quarterback for Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner yep. should be your fucking number two ready to go by Florida State. I don't think in my mind what I saw, I think that should be that should be the path. I don't, but I think everyone talking about, is this a three quarter? They're looking for clicks. This is not a three quarterback race for starter. Tyler Buckner is not going to be your starting quarterback. Come, come Florida state It's not going to happen. There's no fucking way that happens. It, maybe it should happen. Wait a I'm second. Not, but I just don't think it's going to. I think, I think I can to conceive of a situation, but it's not a positive situation. Which no, Tyler Buckner right, would be right, no, right. No, no. Yeah, of course. Of course, injury, of course. But yeah, Jack Cohn's your starter. Or just Tyler plain Buckner, ineffectiveness, yeah. right? And, and again, and I stand by that even more now than I did, you know, a month and a half ago. If Tyler Buckner isn't your second string quarterback, we're in trouble. Because the potential that we saw on the field, and Kelly tried to tamp it down, and I get it, and I understand. But if you can't develop him to be ready to be the backup from what you you've had the, all this spring and summer, get them ready to go. Then I think maybe you're not doing things the way I want them done. <laughs> you know, Tommy Reese probably have a bit different idea, maybe. But you know, you you just see it on the field. You see, this is there's too much talent here. Let's fucking let's see what you got. If Cone goes down, let's see what he has. And even if he doesn't go down, let's put him out there on the field. I I didn't like the question about. Uh, Tyler Buckner package. I hate 
I hate packaged things with quarterbacks. I hate packages. I've always hated it. I thought that, I couldn't understand why uh, Andrew Ian Hendricks? Book came in. Why Ian Book came oh. in as the as the inside the five quarterback instead of Brent, yeah. instead of for Wimbush. Wimbush is a starter. Like that didn't make any sense to me then either. And all Ian Book did is really just hand the ball off. I mean, Brandon what do you did think that about kind of uh, what do you think about sixteen wheeler packages? Oh God. You mean the eighteen wheeler? Yeah, the eighteen wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw we saw what happened to Texas. So. Uh, I, I mean that. Name on that. Um, um, or so yeah, uh, the belldozer uh, or Tebow, right? So I think I mean I guess I am comfortable enough to say I've seen enough this spring, and I've seen enough football in my life. And not only that, but just kind of know how the game works where number like Jack Cohn's going to be your starter. He didn't transfer in to not be the, the whole, the whole thing about a quarterback competition is ridiculous. And the fact that the, the thing that I hate the most is coaches think that this competition keeps them. And it's a big, it's, it's just, it's a, you want to make sure Pine's still in it is still keeping his head in the game in case you need him. is what, why this happens, but you're going to have to get to a starter sooner than later. And it's going to be Cone, but I believe that Buckner, I, he's going to he's going to be competing with Pine in the fall to be that second team guy. I think I am. I will say this though, I am more impressed with Pine than I thought I would be going into spring. Like he he didn't look lost out there, but he doesn't look he doesn't look like anything to me. And I, I'm not trying to say like a dick. I'm just saying that it's, it, it had been unimpressive. Um. Like a, like a fully unimpressive. He's done some impressive things, and he's impressed me enough where I can say, okay, uh, he's better than I gave him credit for. But I just think, I mean, short-term, long-term, that's a third-string guy. And again, he wants to be a starter. He's probably going to take off somewhere else. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I'm just This is just the reality of where we are and where we are in college football. Jordan Johnson might be taking off for somewhere else uh, <laughs> before the spring is out. Before graduate, or before the end of May, you don't think his one target in the spring game uh, really jazzed his motor? How about how about the time he completely forgot what his assignment was and he um, and uh, what was it? Cone took a <laughs> took a sack or was it Pine? I can't remember. One of the quarterbacks Pine, took a sack yeah. and yeah, he bl- see, he blocked it. He blocked. You can see him visibly like hit, hit his helmet like you're an idiot. <laughs> the ball was gonna go to him. Yeah, you Greg know? put it out to us in the DMs. He's like, look, if he this is a wide receiver screen, if he does his job, he has a touchdown. So, yeah, he's making some mistakes out there. I don't know what the mispractices were. We've never got any clarity about that um, from this spring, like whether that was academic, whether that was COVID-related. I think or... it was wide receiver screen practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever it was. But, you know, that's the breaks. I, I – I don't, I'm not buying in to the p- people out there that, that, I mean, people just bitch to bitch. Like, I wouldn't, you go look at a couple boards and people are just bitching to bitch about things when it, from this game specifically. It's like, really? You're, you're really going that deep into it. Like, people were bitching about the running game, even though the offensive lines were completely split up. Uh, people were bitching about not throwing it deep enough. Frankenstein's monster. What I thought, what I thought they, I mean, I actually thought they threw deep quite a bit. I mean, listen to this. Think, yeah. <clears throat> here's here's the long here's the longest receptions 
for each player that had over like a, over a 20 yard reception. Andrew Davis had a 24 yarder. Takis had a 25 yarder. Wilkins had a 32 yarder. Keys had a 41 yarder and he averaged over 23 yards. a catch Davis and Takis both averaged over 24 yards too. Um, and then, uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. Takis didn't, but let's get 37. Evan said 32. The averages I had wrong there, but at any rate, they threw it deep enough. I mean, they threw it in deep enough times for me to be comfortable saying they're going to do this more, mainly because Cohen has an arm and he's, he's got the balls to throw it deep. Like I love, I mean, I like Ian book a lot. I loved him, I, but I, I'm not trying to cut a, cut his manhood down, but maybe he just didn't have the balls to rip it out deep, but he's a heady quarterback. He hit the underneath guy. He did. He did what he was coached to do. I think Cohen maybe just has a different, Outlook when he's out there. Oh, I can see this guy because I have five, I'm five inches taller than the last quarterback. There he is streaking down the middle. Boom. I, I mean, that's a, that was an issue. I mean, we, we all saw, you know, multiple times this last season, especially you see guys streaking wide open. And then you look where, where book is at in the pocket. And it's just like, all right, he probably just didn't see him because these guys are towering over him. And that's not his fault. So yeah, I'm, I, I'll take back the 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 lack of balls with Book, uh, especially when you're watching him play against North Carolina and some of the shit he was pulling, pulling out of his ass that night. Shovel pass, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got, he, yeah, he's got the balls. My bad. But Cone, but Cone's just he he sits in the pocket and he's gonna try to fire that guy and rip it down there. And it may not be what we need, uh, you know, in some instances, but he just seems like he's the guy that's gonna do more of it. I thought they did just fine throwing the ball vertically. Like that, that that seemed like that was a priority to, to show out there, and I think they did it. So people bitching about they didn't do it enough. I don't know what you were watching because it seemed like they did it quite a bit. To the, I mean, to the detriment of like, look, the running game was was atrocious. But that's what has to do. I thought do that a they lot. most ignored the running game. That that was the thing that I took away is I don't think that the running game was particularly atrocious. I just don't think that the running game was a priority. Yeah, it didn't I, seem like a balanced offense. It just seemed like a right. like a especially try, yeah in the first let's half. Let's get this in the first. I, I think half, it, just, I think uh, Paul Burmeister might have said it during the the broadcast, which was like a lot of these plays that they ran. They were like, all right, it's third and ten. Like we have a third and ten play we'd like to see on tape, and so like let's do it, you know. And so, so the play breakdown get, was this. So for the gold side, they they passed thirty four times and ran eighteen times, and six of those eighteen times was Jack Cohn. And with blue, they threw 33 times and ran 24 times, but nine of those times was Buckner and Pine. Pine had minus 30 yards, by the way. Uh, so, you know, those are sack totals is what really what that is. Um, Ty, but the thing that, that stood out the most was Tyree got the ball 10 times, but he only got 43 yards out of it. Now, in a normal game, I would expect, and again, Offensive lines are completely mixed up here, so it, it was going to be rough. But still, ten t- you know he touched the ball ten times. I kind of ex- actually he actually touched the ball twelve times. He caught two balls. I expect a little bit more out of that average. That's all I'm saying. I thought um, I felt like I felt like they weren't there was it wasn't a game plan for winning. It was a game plan for for trying out different things. You oh, know absolutely, what I mean? yeah. I mean. Yeah, you're right. No, you're absolutely right about that. I'm just saying whether it's a game plan of winning or not, 
you still have to you still have to execute the play. Yeah. <clears throat> and as far as Tyree was concerned, and I'm not saying he played poorly or anything like that. I just I expected with him having 12 touches in the game, which is more than anybody else who's outside of the quarterbacks, I would expect him to to have just produced a few more yards is all. It's not a big deal. I just I was expecting more. Didn't get it. I don't think much of it. I'm just saying that. Just do you want to know? Do you want to know the the first? Because because it was really the first half that that really stuck out to me. The run pass kind of um, breakdown in in the first half specifically. The gold team ended up running with the ball seven times and throwing at seventeen. So more than more than double. And how many and of those then, seven runs were actually sacks? Uh, well, I removed sack. It's sack adjusted. Oh, okay. So I've removed the sacks. Okay. Um, the blue team um, only ran the ball, and this is Cone, only ran the ball 12 times and threw the ball 24. So, I mean, they're, they're double, they were doubling it up. Um Kyron Williams ran the ball three times the whole game. Yeah, and that's my design. So, and I thought Tyree looked good in 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 the spurts when when they used him how I thought that he was going to be used in a game, and then um, it just it seemed it seemed like they were just testing um, endurance or something where, I don't know, there was no flow to the offensive play calls and, and maybe they were trying to like, Hey, let's see if we can't get him real tired and call play and see how he does. And yeah, I just, it was, uh, so, Josh, let me ask you a question. Chris Tyree ran behind an offensive line. That was Dylan Gibbons, Michael Carmody, Tosh Baker, Rocco Spindler, and John Dirksen. What, how many of those people are going to be starting at Florida State? Maybe one. Maybe maybe one. Yeah. So like, yeah. what do what do we learn? I, I just like you know. No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not saying we learn. I I guess all I was saying I was no. I I guess I'm trying to. But I'm not I'm not discredited. No, him. yeah. I'm more all thinking about. I'm thinking about the beat media. That's like this is an eight and fourteen. Right? Oh, man, it's right. it's all like it's all like Kong out there right now. And it's just like, first of all, it's May 1st, dudes. Second of all, like, how many times do you need to actually show your ass before you get you get that maybe you're especially this year when you're not even looking, you're not even seeing practice. You're not even looking at practice. You're just looking. You looked at one one two hour game. That that's was, the excuse usually, right? Like you, the, the first thing the first the first thing out of my out of mouths is. Well, you don't see what we see in practice. Well, right. the beat media, and this is myself included, saw as much as we did. We saw as much as everybody else. Yeah. Everybody saw the exact same. And I'm telling you right now, I have very few definitive opinions about players and where who's starting where. Like I have the basics, like everybody should, like of what's happening. But as far as like the question marks. I don't know, and neither should anybody else because that's not answered. You know, I, I said Jack Cohn's gonna be the starter because that's how it's gonna be. I, I don't need I don't need to be told or asked questions or, or that he's gonna be the starter, barring injury. I was gonna say I can't think of I can't think of a graduate transfer that it didn't at least start the first game. You know, some some got a pretty quick hook, but a quarterback um, Malik's Yeah, quarterback, because I Isaiah Pryor would like to have a word. 
Well, yeah, I'm saying quarterback. Yeah, quarterback, quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Malik Sayer started that game, but I think he played half of. Half what about Everett Golson? No, Golson started. Golson start? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, against Wimb- Michigan. Wimbush got pulled pretty yeah. quickly. But. Yeah. And he was losing the job in fall camp as it was. Yeah. And the they, only reason they, he had the job is they saw the what was happening. They, right. they saw what was ha- what happened in South Bend. Like, oh shit, uh, this guy is amazing as an athlete, but he really has yeah, no act. But that, but that was just to buy time for um, what was his name? I want to uh, say Dylan Gibbons, but that's not right. <laughs> um, uh, not McKenzie. Um, no, no, not no, not McKenzie Melton. It was the other uh, guy. His name was like Dylan something, right? This is embarrassing that we don't know his name. Dylan McMillan, uh, I believe is his name. Dylan is. McMillan. Yes. <laughs> Dylan McMillan. No, that's Dylan not right. no, uh, uh, Yeah, the kid who yeah, the, the guy before McKenzie. Yeah. Whatever. We Dylan Gabriel, right? Thank you, Gabriel. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Thank you. So, um, yeah. But I just it, that's that's your definitive. I, for me, that's a definitive. I mean, then you would have. How different do you think it would have played out if um, th- the one thing that that gets me with um, Tyler Buckner is I kind of came in with sort of low expectations, and his performance, I guess, it was really just the one drive. If we're gonna be honest about it, um, it was the one drive and then the throw to um, Lindsey. I mean, he underthrew it, but I mean, he, he got it there. Um, as far as this afternoon and the hype it, train, it was against, it was against the walk on corner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's also, how he was different still- would this whole scenario be if the state of California let their high school athletes play football in the fall and he didn't lose uh, a whole season of football? Like how more prepared would he have been coming into this spring camp? The fact that he was out there making plays and looking like, he looked is kind of impressive on its own right. Did you notice he didn't the play Did you notice the Tim Tebow esque way in which he kind of moved sideways on that touchdown run? Like he was lining it up to like to drive that fucker home. And I th- the first thought I have, and it, which look, I really have no love for Tebow at all. I know he's a great college player, and that's fine. I still hated him as a player. I'll never get over it. Fuck him. Uh, but at the same time, like that was the first thing I thought of when I saw him do that. I'm like, that looks like a Tebow move right there. Just, just that, that little thing. Like he wants this, like say what you will about Tim yeah. Tebow. He fucking wanted it. And watching the way Buckner was like lining, <laughs> lining it up with that kind of like stutter step side move, uh, before he, you know, flew, flew in like, okay. Like that, that, that started making me think some things. So yeah, look, in limited and time. And the way was, that the ball comes out of his hand on that quick release is was which Corey Robinson too. couldn't couldn't get enough of. Um, <laughs> it was the greatest. It was the greatest throwing motion Corey Robinson's ever seen in his most entire beautiful, life. Most beautiful. That is a word for word quote. So he was six of nine for 140 yards, and then he ran the ball three times. It was only six yards and got had a touchdown. I mean, so let me ask you this: What if what if this was spring game 2020 that didn't happen and that was Phil Dracovic that did that? Or even spring game 2019 and that was Phil Dracovic that had that kind of night, day. What would you think? What would you think of 
of uh, Jerkovic there. Oh, I mean, we'd be you going nuts. Saying? Yeah. Yeah, we would be going nuts. So you could legit be I, – I think you can legit be excited about Buckner. And again – The fact that, the fact that Brian the, Kelly mentioned that, him – in his press conference post game and said that it's he 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 went out of his way for the first time to mention Buckner as being a potential option for the fall. It's not going to happen. The fact but that he did Kelly went out of his the fact, the fact that he did his face. I know this is a low bar, but the fact that after all that all that stuff of him, you know, with, without and look, I'm the guy, right? I'm I'm the guy who pointed it out earlier than just about anybody about his huge break in football and the fact that, because when we were talking before Jack Cohn was coming to Notre Dame, people were bringing up Buckner's name. I said, no fucking way. It's going to be Brendan Clark. And this is before we know about it because Buckner, the, the gap in the play in the football is just too much. It's just gonna be too much for him. But the fact that after all that, he didn't fall on his face in this game and he performed well when given the opportunity says everything you need to know. I, I think heading into fall camp. Like he's he's going to go into fall camp to compete with Pine to be the backup. And I think that's exactly where you need to be. Yeah. I'll be I'll be I'll, I won't say I'll be shocked. I will be I will be disappointed if Buckner doesn't end up passing Pine on the depth chart. And the thing is, it may not he may not pass him in the like Notre Dame loves that or shit. So it could be Jack Cohn, one, and then Drew Pine, or Tyler well, Buckner. You know what I'm saying? It just becomes when Jack Cohn loses his helmet for a play, who comes in? Probably Drew Pine. Probably, I, but you know, who's hey, the real backup? Right. We and we said that a couple weeks ago, but I think it's even more so now. I think. But I, I know that's, good. that's how it's going to be. It's going to be Jack Cohn, Drew Pine, or Tyler Buckner. They're going to have that or in there. They fucking love the or. Because it, it, that means they don't have to answer any questions. They could take a question about it, but they're just like, yeah, they're together. I don't know. That's a game time decision whether he's going to be the backup or not. It means, not, you know, it doesn't mean as much to the overall scope of the game before something happens. So that no one really wants to talk about it. No one's going to waste too much time talking about it. I don't know. Defensive, like, look, there was no Michael Mayer. So that was sad to not see his greatness on the field. Um, but then, you know, defensively, there was no Kyle Hamilton. So that was sad not seeing his greatness on the field. But I thought there was a lot of good things in the defense. I think you could tell from play one that this was a different defense. Just in the way they were lining up, when you're when Kurt Heinisch is standing up, there's just there's this different. It's a different look. This defense will look a lot different, even with some of the same schemes and concepts. Uh, and again, they said, you know, that's it's a free it's a freer defense. There, there's not as much assignment ball. It's like here's what it is, go get them. And I think we saw a lot of that. But they looked active up front, you know, between the defensive line and the linebackers. And I thought they did. I thought a lot of the guys played fairly well. I mean, Lua Fowl had a, had a nice game. Jack Kaiser had a nice game. Um, I thought, you know, I, we, we've already talked about Botello. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought DJ Brown played okay. Uh, I mean, there's some guys. Bauer that, looked good out there. Bo Bauer. Bo Bauer was flying. He looks quick, man. He does look quick. Uh, and I, you know, 
Drew White didn't play, so I, I mean, I expect like a Drew, a Drew White, Drew White, Bo Bauer out there, and then you got Luafau, Simon, Kaiser, kind of like last year, those three rotated in the same spot. Maybe that's the destiny for this year. I don't know, um, but I trust what Bo Bauer. I trust Drew White, um, and then what do you guys? So what do you guys make of the ends? Because I th- I think the inside's pretty solidified, but um, I mean, you talking about my boy uh, Isaiah Foskey? I mean, there's Isaiah Foskey, there's Alexander Ahrensberger. Uh, I mean, Ahrensberger, Trombello. There's um, MTA, who M- looks MTA, who I mean, one of, the practice, one of the practice clips this spring, I was sitting there watching and I and watching and I'm like, man, 95. And it did not, cl- it didn't click to me. And so I, I picked up my, I just, I, there's a roster laying on the table and I looked real quick. I'm like, oh no shit. Oh yeah. Because his body looks so different. And I'm just not, I'm so not used to having, <laughs> seeing him out, out as a defensive end. It just completely like snowballed me. And I'm like, okay. I thought MTA looks really good out there at the end. Like he's not, it's not a pass rushing type body style. I just think he looks good. Uh, so I was, I'm impressed with him, and I'm excited to see what he does moving forward uh, out, you know, on the outside. Um, I think Justin Abniola is consistently underrated by everybody. Uh, <laughs> it just goes out there and performs. I think, I think this is. Gonna... I think this is the year that I'll be able to tell the Abniola brothers apart because I think they've just all kind of run together for me. But just I'm starting to I'm starting to get a real sense of who each one of them is. So I'm like I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, this is the obvious strength of the the entire team, right? Is this defensive line? Like, there's no doubt that this is the strength of the team as a as a, as a position group. Like, they're just they're just deep. I mean, they're not I mean, the, Hamilton, but right. But I mean, even the bits we saw of uh, Nana Safa Mensa, I liked. You know, moving him inside, I'm cool with that. That looks that looks good. that looks like a more natural spot for him now than it was at defensive end. I just there's a lot to like about about that defensive front. Um, I didn't, you know, I they had said late in spring in the spring practice they had moved move uh, Acida Equinu out to Viper, and I didn't quite pay attention to him enough in the spring game to see what he did. But I mean, he did end up having a couple tackles. Um, so I don't, I don't know, can't say he jumped off the off the screen for me, but. You know, he's out there working. But, I mean, it's just what I'm seeing Equinu and I'm seeing Javon do some things out there. It's like I know it's a spring game. <laughs> well, what about uh, Zane Heemsmith? Did I say that right? Zane Heemsmith having two tackles, right? And his name got called pretty early in the game. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. All right, sure. How, yeah, why not? How about lacrosse bro kicker getting his Harrison, points? Yeah. Harrison Leonard. Love it. Love it. Um, I, I, I think I've, it looked prettier at first, uh, Shane Simon's interception, like it looked like a lot more, but he was really standing kind of right there. <laughs> first, like, Oh man, he jumped that route hard, but he was kind of standing right there. It was uh, just yeah. a bad, uh, bad, bad decision by Cone, <laughs> but he was there, but he caught the ball, made the play. That's important. Right. So make the plays that are given to you, even if they're easy. Um, so yeah, there's, a, I mean, it's interesting. And it's different. 
and I'm excited to see what they have in store uh, come fall camp. Like how this is all going to shape up. I'm, I want to see this. De- like I want to see this defense with Kyle Hamilton out there, Andrew White for sure. Like let, let's let's knock some dicks in there. Um, you know Griffith didn't really. St- I did. You know, he had three tackles, he, but he didn't really stand out to me as much as as DJ Brown did. Isaiah Pryor uh, uh, laid the wood on somebody at some point. Pryor. I remember that. I think Pryor's looked good all spring. Like yeah. the little bits that they've been feeding to us. I, I thought he's looked he's looked really quick, first of all, and he's a really good tackler. Um, so I mean, there's there's a lot to work with up there in that front seven. I mean. I, I can't remember a time being this deep on on that whole front seven because it feels like even with the line, you know, the defensive line is what everyone's talking about how deep we are there. But even at linebacker, there's a lot of bodies that have that have real game game time experience that can play. And I hell, we saw it last year with Jack Kaiser coming from the third string to just have a knockout game. I mean, yeah, it was South Florida, but. He had no intentions. He had no idea he was starting until that morning. So I, I think the linebackers deeper, not as deep as the as defensive line, but they're pretty damn deep. Um, I don't know. I mean, Brennan, do you get a? I mean, how how do you, how did you feel watching this defense, uh, watching Marcus Freeman move these guys around? I uh, I. It was one of the things that I did like. Uh, I think the highlight of Corey Robinson's afternoon is when he said that the defense was vanilla, but it was vanilla with sprinkles. Um, because <laughs> I it, do remember that. It was it was the highlight of the, the his his it was kind he's of been like working on that all week. Line. Yeah, he's been working on it all week because it was. Um, I, I like to see um, I like to see guys in motion. I like seeing Maris Leofau, um shooting the gap on a quarterback wearing a red jersey. Um, <laughs> that was that was something that I that I enjoyed those, seeing. Those those Hawaiians, man. <laughs> it's just it's uh yeah seeing him like come through um, shedding a blocker and then Cone having to like rush the throw and is like you're not gonna get a hit and like. What are you What are you doing, Leofau? You're going to get to him, and then you're going to pull up at the last second, and then yeah, it's just it's a uh, yeah. I I I thought um of the the positional like sides of the ball. It is it is always more difficult in these spring games to take anything away defensively. Um, the two positions that I think that it's the most difficult is offensive line and defense because um. It's it's essentially a seven on seven where you invite other people to come. You you invite the linemen to come play with you, but they don't really get to do what they their position of the game is at, which is the most violent part of it. And they, and they don't get to really do that. Um, so a defense not being able to be as violent as it wants to be isn't going to be what the defense ultimately pans out being. Um, having said that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the thing I took away was, um, the, the, the defensive line is deep, but man, I like our linebackers a lot. Um, that's, that's something I, I like, 
um, I like Bo Bauer. Um, I I like um, you know Maris Leafau. I I think I feel pretty comfortable watching um, you know JOK go in the second round. I feel okay with um, his potential replacement. I feel pretty good about. I mean, we didn't see Drew White, but I feel good about the combination of um, Bauer and White and um, Jack Kaiser. Also, we, haven't, like, we haven't seen Moala. Yeah, we haven't seen Moala. Um, so I mean, I didn't even. I haven't even mentioned Kaiser, uh, but he led the whole damn spring game in tackles. So. You know who might have been the yeah, most was, impressive uh, player out of this whole spring game? I give you, I give you guys a guess. Who was the most impressive player? Who do you think I? Who do you think that I think was the most impressive player in all of spring practice? This oh, this, oh the blue goal game. Bo Bauer. Brendan. Uh no. Um, Jay Bramblett. Uh, no, that would be Leo, Captain Lou Albano, <laughs> off the top rope. Oh. Not only did he carry the ball for well, five times for 19 yards and a touchdown, he also played linebacker and had two tackles. Woo! He numbered he, uh, and, and represented the an number 26. on that touchdown. Uh, Spiller helped. Uh, shot put him into the end zone. And he's repping the 26 for both me and Greg. Is he so, Ohioan? Uh, is he also an Ohioan? Because then he could I, just be your favorite player ever. He's he's not. Uh, but I don't he, know where he's he, from. he wasn't born in Ohio by any chance, and then moved somewhere else. Did you learn that about Brady yeah, Lindsay, right? Oh, absolutely. He's he he's reborn in a, a son of Ohio now. Um, <laughs> God, what? Where is Leo from? He is from uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. I Is that his final I, answer? That was, a, that was a recruiting win. Is he open to head a... with Dabo? Uh, <laughs> got that that walk on recruiting what? win. His high he went to Bishop England High School. So going down south and, and get one into Carolina into one of those Catholic schools and bringing him up here. You're my boy, Captain Lou. This uh, th- this reminds me. I went down a black hole the other day trying to find Junior Jabby. Did you know there's a guy who's actually pretty successful named Junior Jabby who also played football in college, but has, as far as I can tell, no relation to the other Junior Jabby that we all know and love. Bullshit. Where, yeah. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? So this is this is what I cannot figure out. So in the Notre Dame d- d- alumni directory, he's listed as Abraham Jabby. And I cannot find uh, the last Abraham Jabby I can find is in Parlin, New Jersey, which ironically enough is where not only where he grew up, but um, also where Brandon Hoyt is from. So I was like, oh, man, I was like he went to Sayreville uh, War Memorial before he went to the Hunt School for this final year. He must know Brandon. I wonder if anybody that I've been talking with who knows Brandon knows Junior Jabby and where Junior Jabby might be right now. And I don't know. There's also there's also a junior jabby that went to uh, Bryant University. Yeah, Bryant. That's, he, that's the other one, and he's now like a, a muckety muck in Rhode Island. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, could you? But could you imagine that there's two people in this world named Junior Jabby? 
But now we, do, now we know that there's three. There's three? Right. There's the third. Got, so, that, no, so, so you're saying this, uh, this cat played football at Bryant? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. I mean, he looks like he looks like he could be could have been a big guy. Like he looks yeah. like a lineman. Yeah, yeah it took was, a lot uh, of it took a lot of research to make sure that he wasn't our junior jabby, but he's not. Yeah, he is. Uh, he was a 2018 Providence Business News 40 under 40. Yeah. Which also scans because junior jabby is not yet 40. But anyways, <laughs> I, I just now with with everything that I've experience with with brandon hoyt like when i can't find a former player i now i get nervous because i'm like where is he and what's he doing you know like when somebody finally gave me a lead on prince shambo i was just like okay great prince, prince shambo is still alive um, where's he at what's he doing he's in charlotte north carolina uh what what was he doing um i found like a i found a like a baby registry He'd had a baby recently, so like he's still around. You know? Okay. I mean, he's not playing football or anything like that, but I just no, 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 no one's gonna let him do that. Yeah, I like Jabby. Apparently, is a very popular name surname in Ghana, and I was like, oh, maybe. And so that became a little bit difficult too because I was trying to look him so up you, through his mom. You really dug fucking down deep. I mean, you're, oh yeah, I'm, I was doing like background search type, like deep dive, trying to find him. Yeah, I. I would have made it past the second page of the Google search, but you really dug down deep. <laughs> like, like how can there be like junior jabby? He always comes up like, and we're not the ones just bringing him up. I just want to make that clear. Like we're not, first of all, we're certainly not bringing him up to, to dance on his grave or whatever. Um, but like, if no. you do a, a Google news search for junior jabby, like every April, somebody will write about junior jabby, but nobody's actually updated junior jabby. Ah, yeah, I just want to make that plain and clear. I'm not. I mean, I I, I have a uh, I've abused this in the past, but there is no way in fucking hell that I am going to go forward talking about the junior jabby award and all that. That's a bullshit thing to that you're dragging a dude through the mud who just had who balled out one day. That's yeah. bullshit. I, I I I never thought about it much that way, but once I did, then it, it changed my whole outlook on it. Like I'm not doing that anymore. Right. You know. So it, and look. I did it. So if you're doing it out there, doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. I'm just asking you, maybe think about it again. Th- think about saying something else. I mean, really, it's the fucking media's fault. And no one has a problem blaming the media for anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, blame the beat instead. Uh, blame Brian Kelly or blame the coaches staff because they're 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 the narrative drivers. They're the ones putting the players. They're showing you the plays. They're the ones putting the players out there to talk to the media. It's not the guy's fault that he balls out in the spring. That's it's just terrible. Yeah, just um, to put, I, I found my notes on this. Um, Prince Shembo is <laughs> with somebody named Odia. I don't know if they're married. Hello, family and friends. We'd like to invite you to welcome in our second prince with us. Baby Makil Benia Shembo will be making his arrival on December 19th, 2020. Thank you for your steadfast love, support, and prayers. So, I mean, he's he's dealing with a six-month-old at this point. Okay. Assuming everything went well. So he didn't get in any trouble with the dog stuff? You know, I to be honest with you, nobody followed up on that uh, that I could find. 
but I think that's one of those like it sort of went away like he did he probably got a community service fine probation sort of thing or whatever but I don't like a, okay like a deferral thing yeah I don't I don't I don't think it was a I don't believe okay. he served jail time if he did nobody followed up on it so I'm just saying there's probably a lot of listeners out there that really don't care for <laughs> there, there could be quite a few listeners out no, there. No, I'm sure care. he lost don't absolutely care. everybody once he kicked the dog. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, and then even before that. So, yeah, okay. Well, somebody stole his bike seat. Maybe that's the precipitating thing that caused him to. <laughs> to it definitely helped against Michigan. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, God, I, I just, I don't know if there's anything more we really want to say about the spring game. And and this was this was my problem trying to cap, cap it all off uh, last night when I finally said fuck it. Is I'm not trying to make a big deal out of any of it, but I'm also not trying to belittle uh, some of the stuff we saw either. I think it just it is what it is, and they're working on it. And I think the problem is is that everyone's looking for answers for October right now, and they're not there. For October, the answer, the, all the all the answers are not there for October, and I so I think you really have to look at it that way. So anything that you say, and and look, there's a lot out there, and from from writers that I, I guess should know better, uh, to make sweeping you know generalizations of what they think this team's going to be right now, uh, I'd say you know pull back on that, hold hold off, uh. <laughs> And, and then look at the look at the schedule one more time and then realize that, I don't know, this is going to be a top fucking seven team, uh, you know, a top 10 team, probably going to be ranked seventh, maybe eighth preseason. Maybe we shouldn't be saying this is an eight, four fucking football team, even nine and three. If you're going to be in the top 10. People are projecting you to be a lot better than nine and three. And I think that that's oh, that that's still an OK thing to think. Like, this team should be good. They're doing things the right way. And I thought Greg made a great point in our DMs, and I'll, and I'll bring it up. I think everybody should know it. You know, what if it was Michael Carmody at tackle instead of Blake Fisher? A lot of people would say, oh, he's he's right on track then. He's, he's, he's on track of the program doing what he's doing. And instead, it's only one semester less Blake Fisher, and people are still worried because he's a freshman. Well, he's better. So that should be better then. Right? I'm not saying it's going to be all... Happened, it's not going to be all roses I, and rainbows and sunshine. But I don't think that, like... I don't think we can make any sweeping uh, thoughts other than, like, the offensive line is not going to be as good as last year. Yeah, no shit. I, I, think, I think you could say that they're not going to be as good. That's And that's okay, because they were great last year. Maybe you don't need them to be as great this year, but in that schedule, you can still win 10, 11 games, 12 games. Yeah, to further underscore your point, um, CFB Numbers has a, a college football analytics newsletter on Substack, and they did a 2021 season win projections where they actually did this. They simulated the game 1,000 times uh, just to see how it would come out, and they had Notre Dame um, getting an average wins of – 10.7 average wins, median wins was 11, minimum wins was 7, maximum wins was 12. Uh, the chance of 6-plus wins in a season was 100%, and the chance of 9-plus wins was 97%. So um, if you guys think this is going to be a 7-5 and five team this year, 
then something went terribly, terribly wrong with transfers, injuries, you know, chemistry, whatever. But like, it's just, it's not on paper. It's not there. Just I think what's happened is that the, well, I think what's happened here that a lot of the older, I guess, media just haven't caught on to yet is that the floor has changed. The floor is no longer seven and five, eight and four. That's not. Yeah, the well, the floor. Yeah, that that would essentially be lava. The floor <laughs> is not. The floor is 2019, right? 2019 is the floor of what a Notre Dame decision should be like moving forward. Where or or, or 2017. I mean, it's well. I mean, I, I would say even 2017 would be. Um, if you had a, a scenario like a schedule like that, but I don't see a, something like Stanford happening again, just a, a complete right. collapse at the, you know. And, and again, we've said it, collapse. we've said it a hundred times. Two thousand seventeen, after the two thousand seventeen season, you lost two top ten NFL draft picks on the offensive line, and then the yeah. very next year you go to the, you undefeated the regular season, go to the fucking playoff. Yes, there'll be the person. There's a person screaming in the back. But well, we got we got blown out by Clemson. Yes, but that's not the point. The point is looking at these 12 regular season games ahead of us and saying that they can't do this because of this. I call bullshit because they've been proven that they can, and they've shown that they can lose players before and still perform where they need to be. So I'm okay. Like I'm. I'm excited about the season. I I think it's going to be a fun year. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I certainly still think 12 wins is possible. I think some of the teams that people are worried about on our schedule might be a little overrated themselves. And Vegas is certainly going to have us be the favorite, if not all of them, all but one game. What do you think Vegas knows? What do you think they're trying to do? Build very large towers in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and that takes that takes your money. Thinking, <laughs> worried that Notre Dame's going to lose. Uh, and well, anyways, I'm just saying when the over unders come out for Notre Dame this from Vegas when they I think it was in June is when they I mean they're out now I think uh, but when they you know when they really start readjusting things I think it would be in June you're gonna probably gonna see nine and a half as the over under for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's that's a great line. Yeah, I'm so, well that that speaks to the the floor kind of being that. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. So I think nine and a half is probably going to be what the line is, and that's that's fine. Don't be freaking out. Yeah, but they're <laughs> due to lose a game against an unranked opponent, man. They're no, they're due. not. They're, just, they're, they're due. due. They're, they're due. absolutely due. They're totally due. They're, they're absolutely due. not due. For anything. What? That's than, not a thing? There's no such thing as being due? There's a cosmic uh, a cosmic eddy to the universe that you have to, you just, you have to pay to. And you they're pay just the piper, due. Man. Brennan, when you're playing yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, are you yes. due for a certain role? Are you Absolutely. Just, you're like, oh, the die knows. Oh, the dice never In the roulette wheel. If it, if it was black the, the previous <clears throat> time and black the time before that, black the time before that. I mean, be bet it all in black, man. So I just want to. No, it's, it's due to turn red, man. It's due to turn red. Oh, due to turn red. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got that messed up. Due to turn I just red. State the schedule real fast. 
and just let the <clears throat> let this seep into your head just real quick. <clears throat> At Florida State, Labor Day Sun Labor Day weekend Sunday. Home against Toledo, home against Purdue. At Soldier Field against Wisconsin, back home against Cincinnati, on the road to Virginia Tech, then you're home for two night games in a row, Southern Cal, North Carolina, home against Navy, at Virginia, Georgia Tech at home, and then you end up out in the farm in that shitty-ass turf against Stanford. That is, and People are starting to get worried about those middle five games. Like the Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, Southern Cal, North Carolina. I just. It's too early to get upset about that game. Yeah, if you're looking at this schedule and you're not seeing at least nine wins, and nine would be low for, like Brandon said, that's the the floor. If you're not seeing nine wins out of there, uh, then I I just think you're being a little Where are you playing your hardest games? What are the hardest games on that schedule and where are you playing them? They're all at home. Well, Notre Dame's due I, to lose a game at home. They haven't lost yeah, a game at home in forever. Due, they're, due, due. they're due. They're due. They're just due, man. Is Cincinnati better? Cincinnati, or North Carolina. Okay, okay. North, so let me, let me ask you guys this. Due. Let me ask you this. Is Florida State better or worse than they were last year? Who fucking knows? I don't know. Exactly. Probably yeah, worse. I just, their coaches they lost a lot fire. they lost a lot toledo we don't know it's a mac school it'll be a mac school um it'll be one of the better mac schools they, they that might be a first half kind of their game for a minute or two, for a little bit uh jonathan jones is gonna be playing for toledo that day um purdue, <laughs> purdue are they better or worse worse than last year worse wisconsin are they better or worse than they were last year they're Wisconsin. They're the same thing every year. That's the perfect answer, actually. Cincinnati, are they better or worse than last year? Worse. Worse. Because we have their fucking defensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> their defensive coordinator, yeah. <laughs> Virginia Tech, are they better or worse than last they year? They lost their offensive line. So we did too, but it's not like it's the same situation for them as it is for Notre Dame. Because um, right. they don't have the sort of... They lost a first-round corner, too, that I never thought was yeah. really a first-round corner, but people like him. Uh, USC, better or worse than last year? They're USC, man. They uh, they have talent. They don't. Hey, they they we, have talent, I guess. Can, can Clay Helton sidebar- is still their head coach, right? Can we sidebar this for a second to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown? <laughs> five-star receiver Amon Ross St. Brown yeah you would have talked about, about the incredible journey of Amon Ross St. Brown from high school to the NFL in the fourth round why didn't he come to Notre Dame again remind me well he wasn't gonna get the ball thrown to him and he wants to go to, he wanted to get go in the first round because Brandon really Brandon wanted, wasn't he, a real quarterback and he was gonna yeah, get his quarterback right yeah yeah he, in fact they even got his quarterback to graduate high school an entire year early uh, to come to USC right. with him. Perfect. But he found that his How much have they hooked up with? in Athens, Georgia. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, kids. This is what happens when your parents run your life a little too much. <laughs> uh, and you overthink things. And look, Amon Ra is a fucking baller. 
He was a he's a, he's a college baller. I How feel I league, feel I don't confident know. saying we could have gotten him above fourth round. I think so. I mean, Notre Dame got Benny Scove drafted. Not for not above fourth right. round. I called that one. No, but I mean, like he got drafted. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's, he's drafted. There's a, a second player from Fort Wayne out in L.A. playing football. Gotta love it. Um. <laughs> uh. No, I. Okay. I mean, maybe. I don't know about the ra- the draft position with Amon Ra. I'm just saying his whole trajectory of what he thought college was going to be was now work out. Almost, the, almost the complete opposite. Yeah. And everything he was basing it on was wrong. So it's a, it's a cautionary tale of, and look, he may be very happy with his college experience and where he's going. And that's, that's fine. But I just think that he was probably, he was basing a lot of what he, his decisions were on things that either a completely turned around on him or just never came to fruition. So it's a cautionary tale to make sure you know what you're wanting. Like there was too many puzzle pieces they were trying to move around to make that work. You know, maybe, maybe go things that are a little smoother. Just saying, um, North Carolina, better or worse than last year. Um, well, they, they still have Mac they, Brown, their right? running backs are back, right? Both of their running backs are back. Uh, let me uh, no. no. Oh, well, it doesn't matter because they'll get the same amount of output if they're there or not uh, hey, uh, on the ground. Hey, Brennan, who was your favorite Michael Carter dra- drafted by the Jets? <laughs> um, well, there's two of them. Uh, I would have to say, uh, is it a cornerback? Is the other one the one from Duke? No. Yeah. Yeah, and he got trucked yeah. by the he Duke. got trucked by the running back in a game that they played. It was for. What was funny. your favorite uh, Javante Williams highlight against Notre Dame? Oh that, yeah, that, I think that's many name. Circul- I think that tweet's still circulating right now. <laughs> uh, I say uh, we're, well, I think they're better because they okay. they're the model for recruiting. Um, okay, okay, okay. Navy better or worse than last year? I mean, it's got to be better, right? I, I yeah, they're one of the few teams I think is better. But is there better anywhere near what Notre Dame? Is it's this is such bullshit? They're back on the schedule. God, this is fucking stupid. You know what I saw today on Instagram? And I shut Instagram off. Almost deleted the app. Uh, some Notre Dame alum got engaged to a naval officer from Annapolis, and she talked about a house divided. Oh boy. This. It, and a kid and is looking for a lifetime of pickering seasons. And I just was like, what do you I, was, over? I was sad. I was just so sad. Did like, you know this, that? Cause she's right. It's never did going you, away. And she's right. This is fucking terrible. Did you know that uh, Lauren bars, AKA uh, Alex bars sister who played volleyball at Ole Miss is going to continue her, a postgraduate career at Notre Dame. I think she got accepted to the, I want to say law school. I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know if she still Your dates. Notre Dame alerts are very specific. I didn't, I don't know if she still dates uh, Quentin Nelson, but that was a thing that actually happened too. Nope. She Masters in not. finance. Masters in finance. Sorry. Now law school. My God. 
Quentin Nelson was dating his fellow offensive lineman's sister. Yep. That's definitely a thing that happened. Well, I guess. I mean, who was who was dating Tommy Reese's sister? <laughs> Back in the day. Which Wait a sec. Out, which he was getting kicked out of uh, West Lafayette. But that does bring up. Because I'm pretty sure that Tommy Reese is dating somebody's sister, right? Or was dating somebody's sister? That was I bet thing, she right? really. I bet she really liked it when Tommy said, I have nothing going on outside of football. I don't have any family. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing going on. <laughs> that, that put whatever girl he was dating at the, at the time, uh, that put her on high alert. Like, he's not answering the phone. It's between, like, July and February. <laughs> so, yeah, so he probably didn't do his dating life any favors by saying that. Saying that. I thought that was funny as hell, though. Um, Virginia, better or worse next year? Uh, maybe better? I don't know. I, 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 I honestly do not have my finger on the pulse of Cavaliers football. <laughs> of all of the teams Notre Dame plays this season coming up, I okay. honestly can say I probably know the least about Virginia. Uh, oh. I'm going to know more about Georgia Tech than I do Virginia. You know more about Toledo? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, no, they, the Candle Squad, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't all right, so maybe Toledo and Virginia is kind okay. of about the same uh, level. So Georgia, Georgia Tech, better or worse this year? Better. Better. Absolutely yes. better. Yeah. Yep. The second year yeah, starter quarterback, Jameer Gibbs, is a, the second year player. They're a bowl team this year. Look at a bowl game. I mean, it's hard not to in the ACC, honestly. Uh, so, uh, and then Stanford, better or worse? Uh, they sucked last year, right? <laughs> did they Did they win a game? Did Stanford win a game last year? I can honestly say they played like I, four of them. Don't think I paid much attention. I don't. I oh, they you. did. They they started the season zero and two, and then they uh they went on a nice little uh, four game win streak, and they finished the season four and two. Look at that. Oh, good for that. Uh, but now that. they got. But now they have to put in a new quarterback, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead. So I'm gonna go ahead and say worse, and not only because of just a new quarterback and all that. Uh. What has Stanford done recruiting wise lately? Like Notre Dame's Notre Dame Stanford recruiting battles when Stanford was good, Notre Dame was losing on some of those. Paulson Adebo, for example. I just feel over the last few years we haven't been hearing about there. We haven't seen the the losses to Stanford on the recruiting trail like like we did uh, there for like a like a four year stretch. So that tells me that they're talent level is dropped yeah considerably from what they were so i mean so and when was the last time they had an offensive line of of any sort of 2015 i think was probably the last season that they had a kind of a a decent squad and an offensive line that they since then was, was that was that the last time walker little played football (laughs) <laughs> well, it didn't stop him from getting uh, no. drafted in, what, the second round? Was he a second round pick? Yeah, that sounds right. I think Foster Serrell went undrafted. Now, he's a five-star lineman that we lost to, out to Stanford on. 
He went undrafted. How does Walker Little get drafted playing essentially a freshman season and then one game of his sophomore season, and that's it? I don't, I don't get that. Well, we're officially past the point, if we weren't already past the point of, uh, the guy didn't play in the Camping World Bowl. That's really going to hurt his draft stock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, everything's blown up out of the water. And that, look, that's not to say that these guys aren't going to suffer for it and and uh, and they once they get to the NFL camps. Like I just, like I I'm still not sold yet on some of these guys that sat out last year being ready to roll in an NFL no. camp. I yeah I, I there's there's certain guys that um, and, and some of these guys went pretty high and the, so they're going to expect something out of them and. Man, I and that look, I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just saying I think that's that obviously I, that should be obvious. It's going to be a lot harder to do. Yeah, like Rashawn Slate, Slater doesn't look like he's ready to play football. He's going to have a heck of a he's going to have a grueling offseason um, to get ready to to play. And he was what? First round pick. So mm-hmm. um, if you're going overall, 13th in the draft, you better be ready to start. Especially because the Chargers haven't drafted an offensive lineman in the first round since, um, you know, the Vietnam War. <laughs> I I can't believe you know that. It's uh well it's it's always been a thing is that the Chargers just don't draft offensive linemen in the first round, uh, and they made a big deal out of Rashawn Slater being the one, and it's like, and yet you, you picked the pair, huh? That, and that's what I kept saying on that <laughs> on that little mini yeah. podcast because somebody else said I think it was you said pair now I couldn't get it out of my damn head like that's not a guy that gets off the bus and you're worried about no that's not Quentin Nelson that's not Quentin uh, Nelson or Liam Eikenberg it, it's not a, a a guy who's put I'm, together I'm worried um, about I'm worried about my two double cheeseburgers <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know but I, I'm not worried about what happens on the field. Maybe, I mean, maybe, I mean, he obviously had a high ranking from a lot of people. Uh, so yes. that, my, our opinion of him is in the minority for sure. But I don't know how you look at that guy and say otherwise. And then he, uh, again, you sat out. And look, if yeah. that's your, that was your right to do that. That's absolutely fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to mock these or mock or knock it's these guys. It's a decision I it. would have made. It's a decision I would have made as, you know, a 36-year-old father of three children um, because it was would have been the right decision for me. But, um, you know, if I'm an NFL executive and I'm drafting a guy who I'm going to be investing, you know, tens of millions of dollars in, I want an Ian Book – or not an Ian Book. I want a Tommy Reese. I want a guy who doesn't have a life, who the only thing that he cares about is uh, – um, the only thing that he cares about is football. I actually kind of found that incredibly sad that he said that. I I found it heartening because um, it I'm just sure you did. That, uh, that's that's what I want from a, a football coach. Um, I want a guy who just that's that's all he cares about. And how old how old's Tommy? Twenty eight. Yeah. 
So let's. We're, yeah, we're past the spring game. We said all that needs to be said about it. Let's yeah. let's just have a, a quick moment here about the NFL draft. Notre Dame, nine draft picks. Uh, nice big number there. There was all sorts of nice stats about Notre Dame. You know, the, the amount of guys drafted in the top 100. Uh, now, for sure, regardless of what you're counting, Notre Dame has the most NFL draft picks out of any school over USC. Um, it was a solid draft. I mean, like you started looking at the numbers of draft picks over the last 10 years and that, which is a nice chunk of change for Notre Dame. And they're sitting about right where you, where they have been looking on the field. Like, was it like a solid seven? You know, they're like, they're tied with Clemson for the most draft picks over the last 10 years. So, I mean, there's, they're sitting right around where they should be. Or, or that maybe not where they should be, but what we've seen on the field, which is pretty good. I, I'm not. I mean, yes, there's, and I got it. I, I I was putting out some of these nice stats that Notre Dame had, and instantly someone's tweeting, "That ain't good enough." No, oh my no, God. Nobody went in the first round. Alabama's won six guys. No shit. I'm. If you if you just want to compare Notre Dame to Alabama, have fun being miserable. Have fun being miserable. You you are a fucking miserable human human being if you just can't have any kind of fun. No shit, Alabama's got blah blah. You know, has infinity number in the first round and and has basically doubled up Notre Dame into total draft picks in the ten years. Like I think Alabama's averaging almost ten, almost ten draft picks a year in the decade. I think it's like ninety. You know who's you know who's putting up. You know who's putting up the same number of draft picks as Alabama? Ohio State, and they have one national title since 2002 to show for it. So congratulations to Ohio State. They're right. It's like they're putting up as many. So to the guy who's like, well, you're not getting as many as Alabama. Well, Ohio State is, and they're still not Alabama because there's only one Alabama. And and if I'm a recruit and I get an Alabama offer, I'm taking it. Because why would you play for any other school? And that's kind of the landscape that we live in now. Why would you play for any other school other than Alabama, who just is putting players in the NFL at a historic rate and winning and titles? So there was a uh, collegefootballdata.com at CFB underscore data uh, has a has a really nice thread out there on Twitter right now uh, with some some cool or you know some fun looking things to to check out and one of them was was a graph here that shows your average recruiting class ranking from 14 to 18 uh and their number of draft picks from 17 to 21 so you know correlating the class with the draft and notre dame is like right fucking there with clemson like alabama's like way up in the corner then ohio state then you're looking at Georgia's doing pretty well. LSU uh, doing extremely well. Um, you know, SC does really well, but we know what SC does. They get talent, put them in the league, but they don't do shit at, because Clay Helton's there. Because uh, it's a bonfire program. Same thing with Michigan. They get they have they have a good spot on this on the chart. Miami, like the last 20 years, Miami puts, still puts a ton of guys in the league because they're a dumpster fire while they're there. Uh, but Notre Dame's sitting in a good good spot. They're doing better than Oklahoma. With guys going in the draft compared to um, what their average 
draft classes or recruiting classes. So there's all these little things out there that are all pointing towards quit bitching, but people can't handle that. Uh, So they have another one here as number of composite blue chips from 14 to 18 and the number of draft picks from 17 to 21. Again, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Auburn, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is ahead of Clemson on this one. Do you see what I'm saying here? Like they're doing fine. It's just that we've we've had to play Alabama. <laughs> you know, we've had to play Clemson a couple times. And it just sucks. So if your if your only beef is that we can't win that big one, and I get it, it's frustrating and it sucks. But at the same time, all these other fans and teams that are blowing Notre Dame shit. They'd love to be in this fucking spot. And that, so you should take some of that and be like, it'd be fine. Be happy. Be happy that nine is the, looks like the floor this year. Regardless of what any other writer says, nine's the fucking floor. I hear this bullshit about eight and four, possibly seven to five because they're due. It's nonsense. The, what the job Brian Kelly has done, especially post 16 because now we have four years of hard data after 16 i think we're okay in fact that that 2016 recruiting class that came in and were freshmen in 16 there's eight of those kids were drafted that's not a bad number I lose everybody there. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I mean, I think no, no, uh, nothing to push back on. I think that was agreed. Yeah. So the Detroit Lions seem to be the the Chargers, yeah. the new Chargers the, now. The new Chargers, yeah. <laughs> well, how so? How many guys did go to the Lions? Three. They took some right? undrafted free agents too. They took uh, uh, Tommy Kramer went there as a UDA. Yep. Brock Wright. Uh, Brock Wright as well. Let's see, Sean Crawford's out in Vegas. Javon McKinley went to the McKinley's Lions. a lion, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, joining. Uh, Nick, Nick McLeod's in Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. Uh, who else was there? That's it. That's it. That's fine, That's it. right? Because everybody else got drafted. Yeah. Ade with Atlanta. Skrotic with. Oh, um, Tristan Hodge went to the Jets. I don't, I don't know. If, do we get to. I don't know if we can count guys who ultimately didn't finish with Notre Dame, but. You know what? Let's do nobody, it. Nobody has corrected me on this, and now I feel like an asshole. Nobody has corrected me. Are we, are we so jaded by the moves in the NFL, by the franchise moves, that no one caught my very serious fuck-up? Um, about the Chargers? Uh, the San Diego Chargers. Uh, I didn't call them San Diego. I definitely called them Los Angeles. But I also implied that uh, Drew Tranquil was on that team. I'm confused. Uh, on this podcast, I, I talked about two Fort Wayne boys playing for the Chargers. Oh, I thought you said Los Angeles. That's why I didn't think twice about it. To be honest Maybe that's you. why nobody corrected me. Maybe I did just say L.A. 
because I tweeted something out too. Now that I think about it, and no one said anything. Maybe I just did say. So I'm yeah. admitting to being an idiot. Los Angeles, yeah. you're covered. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I just I admitted to being an idiot without having to do so. But yeah, I had uh, I had completely had uh, the Rams and the Chargers uh, all bobbled up. Okay. <laughs> what do you guys think about Ian Book <laughs> in New Orleans? I, I, it was a match I, made in heaven. Yeah, I, I love the I love the um, the pairing. I, I just I. I think it was an overreach about the fourth round. I, I just, again, happy for the kid. I, I think it's great that he's going to get paid fourth round money. I just, I, I can't imagine there was a lot of d- demand for him uh, besides the Saints, who obviously really loved him. So good for him. I, mean, and, but know, I, I did it in my article, and I'm sure it's going to get beaten to death, but the I, I was kind of tickled by the whole Ian Book's going to New Orleans when Drew Brees is coming to South Bend. So I liked it. Oh, yeah. I mean, but... Is any is any pick really a reach once you get to the third day and it's rounds four to seven? No. I mean, if you like a guy, you just take the guy. It's not a reach anymore. That's the big, big, uh, the big thing about um, third day picks is it doesn't matter. It, it really does. I mean, you can take a kicker. You can you can take everything. You're just like you just it's find the guys a guy. You want. Yeah, it's the it's guys, the you, guys want. you want or the guys that are there and you're just taking essentially you're just taking flyers. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're overthinking it. Like come come the third day, if you're like, well, I can wait till the sixth round to get this guy and it's the fourth round. I think you're just overthinking it. Just get your guy. You know, if the other guy is higher up on your board then get that guy instead. I mean, it's just he was obviously high on their board high enough to take him where they were at. And they're just like, yeah, we're taking him. I just, you know, the third day is just like, th- that's no fuck around time. Now if that that's third round, even third round. Yeah. You're, you're making sure you're getting the value unless you're Oakland. Or, excuse <laughs> me. Las Vegas. Uh, taking Leatherwood in the first round. Yeah. I, you know, look, and I'm a big fan of Leatherwood. I, I really like the kid, but yeah. as an NFL prospect, Ooh, buddy. In the first round, ooh, buddy, I don't know about that one. Like, so the thing with Jock was, you know, we we got that thing from Matt Miller about the reasons, and then I saw some Dallas beat writer was saying, and I just saw this today, was that there's teams that were worried about some heart issue that came up in his in his uh, physical that wasn't explained. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Which I'm, I guess to me that that's what I'm calling bullshit on it. Like if you got a guy who's projected in the first round, and he slips like that, that happened to Mo Hurst, the Michigan yeah, Mo, player. Mo Hurst definitely it happened to. Yeah, but we knew about it though. No, we didn't know. I mean, we didn't know about it until like the the slip started happening, right? Yeah. Right, but even so. I'm like, it just it didn't it didn't come out fast enough, or I mean. Maybe I'm, but you know, Greg kept hounding us on the DMs, kept saying something about medical, and I'm like, man, there is nothing medical here. This is wait a, a second. Mo Hurst didn't participate in the combine because we found out about the medical condition then. So the yes, we known about it for yeah. a couple months. So just finding this out, like, even if they just if we this was just being reported on draft night, like what the fuck? I I don't know. I don't get it. So some heart issue is what. 
does Dallas beat Ryder is saying? Now it's Dallas. So who knows? <laughs> you know, whatever. But I, that was the first I had heard of it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be ironic if, if the Jerry Jones was like, Johnny Manziel's drinking and gambling. It isn't a problem for me. But Jeremiah Woos's Coromoa's heart condition? Total not. <laughs> Non-go. That's yeah, ridiculous. that has never been talked about before. Like, if there if there was something that came up, I would have – maybe that was because there was no combine this year. Maybe that's an issue that would have that would have presented itself with a little more press had there been a combine. I don't know. If there is any – if there really is even an issue at all to begin with. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, thought, I'm – I also know that the Browns consider taking him in round one. So, like, again, it just takes one team to fall in love with you, right? So. I, I can't believe Vegas backed, passed on him. That's a, that, that's a, Al Davis wouldn't have passed on him. He wouldn't, <laughs> no. have. He wouldn't have. Like, people were, like, saying he was, a, you know, Al Davis was alive when they take they reached on Leatherwood. And I'm saying, no, he, he was alive to come back to fucking fire everybody for not taking Woo. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Well, we, had... I'm not sure if you got the notice, but Wu was slow. <laughs> yeah, um, what was that shit about? How do you look at any of his tape and think slow or and can't can't read can't uh, uh, dissect a play? Like, what part of his game ever looks slow? I mean, he's arriving to a ball carrier of a national championship level team before the ball carrier gets a step. Slow. Slow. Uh, fun film. Slow. Not, slow. Not sure it translates. Yeah, not not sure not not sure how to translate. You know, I I, I just I, don't see how I could fit um, a player, an instinctual player uh, who flies all over the field. And uh, oh, by the way, had the second highest grade defending players and, out of the slot. And not for nothing, but doesn't every player show up at their perfect NFL weight? Nobody ever has to gain or lose weight. I mean, not for uh, nothing. Well, yeah, that's, that's is, generally how it goes. Yeah, we're uh, perfect. What do you say? The what do you think the NFL does nowadays? It, look, there was an excellent point being made. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. It was somebody on ESPN. When Devonta Smith got drafted and he went off about people uh, discounting him because of his size and he was trying to he was explaining like, look, this is not the NFL of the early 90s. This, you do not have to be. It is not as physical like that anymore. And so when people are knocking on, it's the same is the exact same argument for for Wu, even if they I mean, he weighed at 221. But even if they were to say he's too slight, it's like, <clears throat> no, like there's guys in the league right now that are, that are doing that, that, at that weight. What are you thinking? Like, if you can't figure out how to use this guy in the league that passes the ball 70% of the time and his coverage skills as a linebacker are amazing. Like you can keep a linebacker on the field and still be able to cover like that. That's, insanity that's why he was talked about as a first round draft pick by everybody else and then you know combination of a draft with five quarterbacks to go in the first round and just you know it was it was kind of a weird it's not weird it was just 
for certain players and position groups, the way that the draft unfolded was detrimental to to them going higher than maybe they would have in other years. And Wu is certainly in that case. But once I started seeing the slide in the second round, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? When I saw Eichenberg go before him, I was like, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's, <laughs> that not, was, that's not to um, besmirch the name of Liam Eichenberg, because I no. thought Liam Eichenberg should have gone significantly higher than he did. Um, but I don't know anyone. I think Liam Eichenberg would say that he didn't think he would get drafted before. Wu. Or Banks. Or Banks, yeah. Banks was way surprising, too. I mean, that was... I just... I. I mean, I had heard, I had saw that uh, Banks in, on some people's boards had had been higher than Eichenberg. And there was even talk about, you know, if you're talking about Eichenberg, maybe first round, the Banks was sliding up around there. I don't, I didn't really buy too much of it, but I, if people are saying that he went on higher on some of the boards, okay. Uh, but wow, man, I there, you wouldn't have got anybody, anybody, to say that Eichenberg and Banks would have been drafted ahead of, of Wu. If, if you would have predicted that before the draft, you, you would have got out of the room. Yeah. Oh man, people would have you got punched. Someone would have been so mad that you said that they'd punch you. It might have been me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I was really happy for Robert Hainsey, and he's the one that kind of like was the cherry on the, you know, on the whole thing at pick 95 to like sneak in that top 100. Yeah. That, you know, he really, and that that's a, I have been singing Robert Hainsey praises to anyone that will listen about his versatility. Ever since the senior bowl, when they put him at center, I, once they did that and he did well, I knew he was going to be drafted, you know, in those mid rounds, but 95 was, it's better than I expected, uh, but where I thought that his talent translated to for sure. And the the Tampa guys said it uh, on there. They're like, look, you know, he's versatile as hell. He, he played guard. He played center. He's not going to come here and play tackle. Uh, and we don't need him to. You need a spot guard, maybe center. He, he, he improved at the senior bowl. People that say these things don't matter. They mattered a lot to not just Hainsey, but to a lot of guys. The senior bowl was brought up like Eichenberg chose not to go to the senior bowl and that that maybe that was a that might have cost him that might have cost him a bunch. do you he think Wu not running a 40 do you think yes. Wu not running yes. a 40 cost him yes yes because they don't have that that number flashing in front of them because you know how they are you know, i mean that's why you can saw, say something like he's slow um if they would have saw four four come up like four four two or whatever or just a made-up number. Even this year, when everyone was running four fours, uh, they've still been like, "Oh yeah, oh sexy yeah." Uh, but that number wasn't even there. So yeah, I think Wu and Eichenberg both cost themselves some money in those regards by not running and by not going to the Senior Bowl. I think hurt Liam because I, I just kept hearing it. I didn't think it was going to hurt him at all. But I kept hearing about the Senior Bowl with with other players and Hainsey in particular. It's just like this mattered to those scouts. So that if you're a borderline first second round guy, you know, looking to make make sure you're solidified in the first round, that hurt. Like people already had, you know, Penny Sewell, 
everyone's minds were made up in September where he was going. Right. Of last year. Have to do, yeah. So, I don't know, man. It was it was a fun draft. A lot of work. Uh, really appreciate Jude. Jude here. With, there was, it was, that was an intense weekend. And if I would have tried to have done the podcast uh, last night, uh, <laughs> I would have got my neck sliced open by my wife. For sure. Uh, <laughs> the, only, uh, the only reason this is going over tonight is because she has to work in the morning. So she's in bed, she's already in bed, been in bed sleeping for a couple hours. So Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I was like, oh, I'm going to push this till Wednesday because my Thursday on was pretty light. I've never I've now gone to two consecutive uh, children's birthday parties, which just was an excuse for us to drink with our friends. I mean, there was a cake at some point. Happy birthday was <laughs> sung. But I mean, we weren't we didn't open presents. We barely paid attention to our kids. It, it's like my wife came home and she's drunk on a Sunday night. I mean, it's just crazy. So I'm actually not hating it, not hating it at all. I mean, uh, she's going to feel it tomorrow, but. Um, we enjoyed it today. Yeah, I had some family members over today. My uh, Hicksville does this uh, this thing when the kids when the kids are sixth grade, which my daughter's in, uh, and it's pretty interesting. They call it the Hicksville Shake, uh, and it's this thing where business people in town, everyone, they go through these interviews, and it's a contest and go through. And so you got to dress professionally. You got all these like broad range topics to go through and questions to answer, and it's it, it's a pretty cool thing. My one of my sisters actually, because uh, uh, she was the manager of a bank here in town, did this for years. It was one of the things. So we had her come over today to practice with our daughter, and so she's a twin. So I had the other twin come over and their husbands. I'm like, yeah, come over, I'll feed you guys. But it was like we had all these people in the house. Like, man, it's been a long time since all, <laughs> all these people. Everyone's fully vaccinated. It was like, this is nice. You know, we can <laughs> all come together and. And chill and not have to worry about the uh, about all this nonsense. And yeah, uh, I've been drinking. It was a nice day today. <laughs> I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do when it's eighty out? Now tomorrow rains all day. I'm supposed to have be opening day for little league tomorrow. That's not gonna happen. It's gonna be fucking raining all day. So all the plans I have for this week, or for moving forward for the next two months, are all revolve around. Uh, Little League and T-ball and the weather. So I'm screwed. (laughs) So the other story from this weekend was that on Friday night, my eight-year-old got into his head that he wanted a Fitbit because, you know, I've had one for since 2013. He wants some steps, man. And my wife has an Apple Watch, so but she used to have a Fitbit, you know. So, like, he's familiar with the trackers and the whole deal, right? I just happen to have an old one, and it's it's kind of janky because it's uh it's got a little bit of a like it, the screw has come up apart from the the plastic a little bit, so it's coming a little apart a little bit. But I was like, yeah, all right, sure, yeah, put this one on or whatever, and it doesn't really fit him because it's an adult size uh, bracelet or whatever, and he's you know got a little eight year old uh, with hand our arms, uh, so he comes running into our room Saturday morning at like. I don't know, 6.30? And he's like, I've already gotten 10,000 steps. I'm like, oh my God, you really need to slow down. <laughs> you just need to slow down. 
So he is just through the roof. Just I'm getting steps all over the house. And I finally just said to him, you know what? Let's just let's go outside. It's a you know, it's a colder day. Um, it had snowed the night before because northern New York, whatever. Um, you know, so I, I grabbed some long long johns and, you know, and a hoodie and, and a hat, a winter hat. And I said, like, let's walk. We ended up doing four, a little over four miles, and he got 35,000 steps on his first day. And I was like, and the, those was little exhausted. bodies be stepping. I was exhausted. I was just so exhausted. <laughs> and so he has his little buddy sleep over last night. And, um, you know, then he gets up this morning and he wants to, he wants more steps again. So, so we go back out with his buddy this time. And you know what? His buddies has just turned eight, so they're two eight-year-olds, and they didn't complain once about this four-mile walk they put me on again today, and he ends up with 23,000 steps or whatever, and I'm just like, unbelievable. I just, I'm so tired. I'm so tired from walking for so long, and my eight-year-old is powering it out, so it's pretty funny. I would be remiss. I'm sorry, Jude. About I'd remiss. I don't know why you remind the story about your kids walking and killing you. Reminded me. But uh, <laughs> speaking of kids, there's a legacy that committed to Notre Dame today. Eli Raritan. Uh, his father Scott was actually part of, uh, I think Brady Quinn's recruiting class. Oh, wow. We've already gotten to that point. 2003 class. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a kid. So we got a legacy coming in that there's a picture. Uh, like if you Google, um, if you Google Scott Raritan's name, the, in the images you'll see a picture of of him with his baby and a young Brady Quinn. So, oh wow. So so uh, so yeah, the, the, this is how old we're getting. Is the this stuff starting to happen? Um, but yeah, so. 6'6", 228-pound tight end. Uh, Clearwall starting to scream about a, him being a fullback. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. Um, so, he was the uh, Jack Nickel decommitted eh, about a month ago. But the writing was on the wall. Notre Dame wanted Eli Raritan. And the main, not the main, but the, the big fish of the tight ends, uh, Holden Stays, is... is Everyone's thinking he's a heavy lean right now in Notre Dame. So tight end recruiting going well. Uh, so welcome to Notre Dame, Eli Raritan. Um, love getting him out of Iowa. That just feels right to get a tight end out of Iowa um, and away from the Hawkeyes, legacy or not. Um, of course, ESPN has no rating for him. I, I love when I'm putting the spreadsheets together for the uh, what you know what they have him ranked as between the the services. I love that ESPN rarely ever has these guys ranked. And then like 24 hours after Notre Dame gets the commitment, it's he's a three star. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you got you guys watch film that quick, huh? Mm. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, but the class is starting to come together. Uh, so 12 commits now. They're number four in the country. Uh, so if you're worried about the top five thing, and again, the top five thing probably isn't going to happen, but uh, it's nice to see him there right now. And there's a lot of big fish out there still. So I don't know. Maybe top five is is, is still an option. I mean, there are some big names, uh, a lot of 
not five stars, but a lot of high four stars um, still out there that are, uh, you know, they got crystal ball picks in their name. So exciting time coming in June when we finally get the official visits for the first time in a year, what, 14, 15 months. Um, they can finally take official visits. And you're probably going to see an explosion of commits across the country um, once that goes on. I mean, guys are going to get their uh, their visits in. They'll probably sneak two or three in in a couple weeks, more than likely. But um, I think once June hits, you're going to see this class start to explode. Uh, maybe a max of you know, 21, 22 kids. But at any rate, the quality of this class looks really good. Um, I didn't update. or Maybe I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, like Aiden Gobera, defensive end out of Virginia. He was a three-star across the board. Had just a fucking insane spring because uh, Virginia high school football played in the spring. Had an insane spring. Earned a four-star. He's like a top 150 kid now. Um, and so I need to update that. That's a big jump, big thing in the rankings. So a lot of these guys that they've been targeting that, you know, maybe you're, they didn't excite you to begin with. Steve Angeli, three-star, right? Wrong. He's a four-star. So if he didn't excite you as a th- he was a three-star, hey, guess what? Now he's a four-star. Uh, so <laughs> Well, some some sites will begrudgingly still refer to him as a three-star, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But there's just the – you have to remember, just because we have the vaccines, COVID is not over. <laughs> COVID is still affecting us. And a big part of that is – no one knows how good most of these kids are. The scouting, the the camps, all that stuff is just so Jim jambled and, and and out there that I know that the services are doing the best they can because they're this is their job, but they're not going to be as as good as what they had been previously, which is still you know there 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 is a hit or miss kind of factor with a lot of these guys. So trust in the process, trust in. And uh, Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, I don't know if you can trust in Del, in Del Alexander right now, but. Uh, hey, wide receivers will be blocking. They'll be blocking, baby. <laughs> They'll be blocking, baby. Uh, so anyway, so there's some recruiting news for you. Um, not going to get, that, that's about as deep as I'm going to get in there. But when you do look at the scholarship chart for 2022, gives you a better overview of, of what's to come. And. There's still a lot there, man. I mean, I'm excited about 2021, but 2022, I'm getting like super geeked about. I'm sure Kyron Williams is going to bounce, but you know, you still have a Chris Tyree. You have sophomores and Logan Diggs and Audrey Estime. There's a lot of wide receivers that will still be here uh, that we haven't seen yet. Probably, <laughs> maybe some bounce and transfer, um, but I could see like a, uh, uh, maybe Joe Wilkins stays for a fifth year. I don't know, but there's a lot to like. The offensive line will uh, will mostly be intact for what it is this year uh, in in 2022. There's a there's a lot of good stuff going on here. So there's no Kyle Hamilton. Uh, so that that does hurt, and I know I know that'll that'll touch Greg deeply uh, once we get to it. But there's there's a lot of good stuff coming, and like I said, when you look up and down this chart. Uh, they've done they've done a pretty good job of lot of if you did if you had these charts going back to say like Weiss right everyone loved Weiss getting these the big five stars here and there but you go start looking at the fucking holes and it's insane 
Now, that's not to say Notre Dame doesn't have holes. Wide receiver is a big one. I mean, <laughs> there's an entire year without without a guy. And then let's just say Jordan Johnson decides he wants to pick up his ball and play somewhere else. Then between two years, you got Jay Burdell and Xavier Watts. That's no good. But overall, you look up and down there, it's a pretty healthy, pretty healthy roster. <sighs> All right, we talked enough. Jude, what's uh, what do you got to say to finish us out tonight? I just want to put a bow on um, women's lacrosse for now. Um, they made it to the semifinal and beat Duke in the quarterfinal and then got absolutely housed by uh, North Carolina. I think I tweeted about this during the game, but it's just it's really fun to watch a team that has it all together and has it all figured out. I'm f- the only thing that sucks is when it's happening against your team. Um, and, and that's, that's North Carolina women's lacrosse this year. And so I am perfectly content with Notre Dame making the tournament an NCAA tournament, uh, maybe getting a, a win first round win. And then ultimately, you know, maybe losing in the second round because I think this team was good, but not good enough. And it was a really fun team to watch. Um, they beat, they lost every team they, sh- they should have lost to, and they beat every team they should have beaten. So, you know, it's going to probably go down as on the record books is maybe not a, a great season. And of course you let you, you're left pining for what could have been last year when they were seven and zero and undefeated and about to play number one UNC and uh, looking on the top of the world when COVID hit. So hard, hard to say, but a uh, great group of girls and I can't wait to see them play at least one more time. So that's it. March, uh, I'm sorry, May 9th is the uh, announcement for the the seedings for the tournament. So I'll put a little thing Excellent. up on Excellent. one foot down. Excellent. Brendan, sir, what, what, what knowledge do you need to pass on before we get out of here? Uh, um, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge uh, to pass on that we haven't already bestowed upon our wonderful listeners today. Um, yeah. I've Have just, you tried uh, the new summertime Red Bull? I I I was at the store. Um, I do uh, I do a Meyer trip on uh, Thursdays, and I, and I saw it there, and I thought about picking one up, but um, I'm kind of a low sugar. I'm a no sugar guy for my energy drinks, and I don't. It's not a no sugar option, so right? Like because what happened? Like the monsters that have all the the different uh, no sugars. Yeah, I like to know. Well, I, I normally just go with the absolute zero monster. And the reason why is because when I drink an energy drink and it's got sugar in it, I crash from the sugar because I don't eat a lot of sugar already. And then when I have sugar, like an hour after I, I end up like I drink an energy drink and then I just fall asleep if it's got <clears> sugar. So maybe I'll that's my problem. A lot of times I'll drink an energy drink to fall asleep. Yeah, that 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 happened. Uh, that's why I switched to no sugar. Is that uh, give me that fake? Dude, did you try? Did you try that new uh, dragon fruit? I didn't try. I saw it in the, but I grabbed the watermelon because I hadn't tried that one yet. So I grabbed the watermelon. And, yeah, was I was very happy with it. It worked well with my strawberry gin. So let me tell you, let me tell you what the uh, dragon fruit tastes like. Plums. Plum. Plum. Yeah, it's plum. It's not dragon fruit. It's well, plum. I love plums. Yeah, I mean it. It's good. I was it, my first sip. That was not the taste I was expecting. But then again, I'm not really sure if I know what dragon fruit actually tastes like. I'm not sure it's if I've a ever very ate unflavorful it. Unflavorful fruit. Yeah. It, it 
sounds fun, but if you've ever eaten an actual dragon fruit, there's not but a whole I'm lot of flavor. Sure, I'm pretty sure Red Bull did a plum flavor before. I feel, I feel like they've tried everything. I think I think they did, and I think they're just repackaging this in a cool way as dragon fruit, and it's green. Like, it's plum, you crazy Austrians. So They just... They should have done it by like the actual, you know, color of a dragon fruit, which is like um, rice filled with um, bugs. Like a bag of, it looks like a bag of rice full of bugs. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. Weevils. <laughs> if they don't bring back the cranberry for winter. I'm learning I'm so gonna, much about beaver butt coup, and <clears throat> this has just been very enter- educational. Thank you, Brendan. You know, that's that's why we're here. I mean, people dro- got to know. I've been dropping a lot of beaver butt coup knowledge on people. I've just been like, every time Vanilla comes I, up in a conversation, which is actually shockingly my a lot. I've been I, picking uh, my spots. I've been saying, uh, hey, do you know what uh, do you know what vanilla, vanilla extract's made from? And I say no, and I say I want you to Google this term, this phrase. I do exactly like Brennan did, taught me. So I was confident when we went on our big hike a couple couple weeks ago that uh, I guess there's beavers in the area, and I felt confident that they were that we were to see one. Uh, we did not, and I just I haven't picked my spot yet, but it's coming. Like my my daughter You're gets there. goes in, goes out in the kitchen and. Tries cooking up cookies all the time. Half the time they're they're terrible, uh, but like we, we go through a shitload of vanilla. It feels like, and I just I need to get that moment. When I get out there and be like, oh, and then really, Eat really piss off. Car- yeah, yeah, and then really piss off Carrie when she's like, why are you telling Lydia that this is beaver bucket? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Well, you're just too- teaching her what it is. I was gonna say it's too funny not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny for us. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I might destroy a culinary dream here uh, by letting her know that she's using beaver butt goo. This is never. I mean, fun. if you or or instead of the two nineteen for the imitation vanilla flavoring, I'm going to be spending eleven forty two for the for the real deal for the Madagascar. No, here's what you. No, here's vanilla. what you do. You buy a, um, st- you know, you, you get a vanilla bean and you put it in a little jar and you fill the jar with vodka and that makes vanilla extract. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then that's you never I, have to buy. That's what my again. buddy's my buddy's doing right now. I thought they no. just made yeah. vanilla vodka. No, that makes the vanilla extract. That's how you do it. Yep. So there's a speaking of cocktails. There was there was a restaurant in Fort Wayne called the Golden. Fucking loved it. It was a fantastic restaurant, and they called it the Golden because of a specific cocktail that they had created called the Golden. And what it was was just like a turmeric infused vodka and a little bit of lemon juice, um, a little simple syrup. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a pretty basic style style cocktail. But it was just so fucking delicious because it was it just tasted so fresh with that turmeric and that lemon. It was and it was gorgeous color. I mean, it was absolutely golden. And I've been for like three years and they're gone now. 
like they that's closed up. Uh, now it's like called Proxima or whatever. But anyways, um, I've been trying for years to make this happen, and I I keep I, there's no, I cannot get it to do the same thing. I mean I've been infusing the roots in the vodka bottles, and I can't get the damn taste right. I don't know why I keep rambling about this, but it's just it's bothersome. It's a lot like a lot like woo dropping. Can't really explain it. It just dry. It's just bothersome. <laughs> oh shit. All right. Well, that's it. I did want to say, oh, congratulations. Notre Dame baseball kicking ass. They swept North Carolina this weekend. Uh, they're sitting atop the ACC standings. Uh, this is big news. This is big deal. Uh, and you know, we're number one in the ACC, number one in the uh, Atlantic division. Uh, so congratulations to them, man. They'll just keep on kicking ass. We're definitely going to get a college world series, uh, stuff going on. So that's, that's cool. We haven't had that in a long time. Uh, so that feels right. And, um, that's about it. So for Jude and for Brendan, thanks for listening. And as always go Irish. <laughs>